right, we got Willie Rofe, NFL Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer in. Thank you for your time. No problem. I really appreciate you coming in. So how are you doing these days? You're huge. Oh man, I'm trying working on working on getting smaller. So <laughs> I want to get smaller. You want to get a little taller. So yeah, but, I need a little bit of height. Yeah, I need. I need. I'm working on getting this off. So what are you six five? About six five, six, five. barefoot. That's what they measured. Actually, I was six four and five eighths. <laughs> so not quite six five barefoot. Yeah, so I'm five eight, but I just sound five nine. Got gotcha. shoes. Got gotcha. shoes. Got gotcha. you. So you were born in Arkansas. Yep. Right. You grew up there. Mm-hmm. You went to uh, elementary school, high school there. Everything. Now, you played basketball in high school, right? Both in, ba- in high school, yeah. Were you good at basketball? Decent. Were you, t- you were tall? You I were was about 6'5". Oh, you were still 6'5". Yeah, I was the same. I was 6'1 uh, in the 10th grade. My junior year, I didn't get to play because uh, my grades, my mom took me off the team. But I played my senior year, and I, I, told, I went to uh, basketball camp when Pippen came out. I was more raw. I started playing football organized in the fourth grade. Didn't start playing basketball organized until like the seventh, eighth grade. You know, I could handle it, shoot a little bit, but uh, I was uh, was learning how to play. But you know, I'm six five with a power forward, so yeah, I took the football scholarship. It was that your love was the football. You liked the football more than basketball. I or? probably liked the basketball more a little more. It's more more co- competitive. You know, didn't come as easy for me. So uh, I, I did love playing basketball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like basketball. I like, yeah, I like I know. football. So different now, though. You know, it's not like it was before. Yeah. You know. It was fun. You know, the competition was my deal. I, I like to compete in uh, football and basketball. I was, uh, I would, I was all conference. I wasn't all state in football. I wasn't either in basketball. But like I said, I was. Uh, uh, I got a letter from UConn. We used to have a big tournament. It was a big tournament in Arkansas back then in my hometown called the King Cotton Classic. So my senior year, we did. We played against Flint Hill. We played against L.A. Fairfax. The second round, I had fifteen and ten. Uh, 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 Chris Mills was on the team. But he didn't make the trip. Something was going on with his family in L.A., but Chris Mills was on that team. So we had a, we had a big tournament. Uh, Dennis Scott was the best high school player I ever saw play. Really? Uh, Jason Kidd came through there. Uh, Stanley Roberts, uh, J.R. Reed, uh, I think Bob Hurley. Uh, you know, so we had George Lynch. Dunbar from Chicago came. Uh uh, in my yearbook, Dick Vitale was talking to me before the game. It was on ESPN. Dick Vitale, he, he so, was the best ever. So we had, right? we had, yeah. So it was, we, you know, you got, you got a taste of some exposure and stuff with that, with that high school tournament. How was kid? How was Jason Kidd in high school? Beast. Amazing, beast, amazing, fast. Well, right? yeah, but you know he was going, you knew he was going to be you know, something. Uh, well, you knew he was going. He could, he's one of those guys. If they let him come out of high school, he'd have been top ten out of high school probably. Yeah. What happened to Bob Hurley? Bob Hurley was good at Duke. He got in that, got in that accident. That, that's what it was, yeah. Remember, accident. he was a beast at Duke. Yeah, all them Duke guys. Uh, Jason Williams got in that accident. Yeah. Too. yeah. What a shame, yeah. huh? Yeah. And I was reading that your dad was a dentist and your mom was the first African-American woman in Arkansas to be on the Supreme Court. Yes. How about that? Well. Holy shit. My dad was all state in football and basketball from Murrow High School in Pine Bluff in the segregated South. Back then, it was, he was part of the first Underground Railroad with the black athletes wanting to play in the big schools. He went to Michigan State. Oh, so awesome. my dad was roommates with Ed Buddy and was roommates with Herb Adderley, wow. who's a Hall of Famer at, at one point at Michigan State. Cause a lot of, and then Sherman, Sherman and Louis Wayne Fox 
was on that team. Bubba Smith was a freshman. My dad was a senior. So my dad and mom, my dad was smart. He was co-valedictorian. They both were zoology majors, and they met on a blind date at Michigan State. So my dad and mom, my dad finished college, zoology major, tore his knee up. You know, back then you didn't have knee surgery because they just, you were done anyway. So he had to hold, hold dummies for a few years, but he was a good student. So he went to dental school at Howard. Then they moved, he brought my mom to Arkansas because she was from Nashville, but her family was in, uh, was up in, um, in, in Mesquite. She grew up in Muskegon, Michigan, but you know, so, and our, and our family lived in the DC area. Brought her back to Arkansas. She worked in a lab, uh, like a biologist. They wouldn't let her do something. So my mom skipped the grade in high school. She didn't, she went through, decided she wanted to go to law school after I was born. Mm-hmm. And graduated second in the class, and then she <laughs> was in private practice, and then she became a judge. So she graduated second in her class while dealing with you. Well, I was a baby, so yeah. So I mean, so I mean I, having a baby. Well, you know? no, but but so what happened was we had somebody watching us. I had two older sisters, and my younger brother was adopted. So she was going back and forth to Little Rock from Pine Bluff, and then she got close with the Clintons because the Clintons were both attorneys, and she taught at, at UAR Law School after she graduated. And I remember my, my dad's 40th birthday party, Clinton came down and came to the party. Don't Clinton? Dad. Yeah. Yeah, he's loaded, man. Oh, yeah. He's getting he that 400K well, he, of speech. Well, he was the governor. At the, you know, he was governor for yeah, years. Yeah, he was governor Arkansas. of Arkansas, yeah. For years, for he years. He was pretty good, right? Yeah, he was a good governor, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then your mom, she was on the Supreme Court, right? She was on the Supreme Court for a while, then the Court of Appeals. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's tough to do. Oh, yeah. And she was the first African-American woman in Arkansas to be on there, Ever, right? yeah. Congratulations. So she got mom. appointed from private practice like in the late 90s. In other words, she was good and Very smart. good, very smart. Yeah. Congratulations she was, she to was you. She was well-rounded, yeah. yeah that's well-rounded, awesome, well-rounded. Yeah, I come from, a, I come from what you call good stock. That's what yeah, yeah, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, dad, dad's smart as hell, mom's yeah, both of smart, yeah. you're a Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, my sister, my other sister, this a bishop now went to Harvard and Princeton. She went to Harvard. My other sister went to Georgetown. So I had to do something, right? I had I got it. So I got a PhD. In, I tell them I, I got a PhD in football. Since y'all got, it, you know, <laughs> they did all the rest. So now I'm the smallest guy in the room and the dumbest guy in the room too. Well, I don't know. You, I'm, you might be a little smarter than me, but <laughs> hey, like I said, I did it in sports. That's awesome. Yeah. So then um, you go to high school. You're killing it in high school. And then you. Well, get, it was good. I mean, I was the, the problem was I was too. I didn't want to. I didn't want to lift weights. So. I get to high school, I go to basketball camp before my senior year. While I'm at basketball camp, uh, Pippen came in there. I told Pippen I wanted to play against him. He told me to play with the campers because he was coming out that year. And I was, it was like AAU style. We were going all over town playing, and I was doing real good. I got Mr. Rebound. They offered me a scholarship, and I come back to play my senior year. Well, I'm about 220 pounds, but I'm real quick. I'm real fast. But I'm about the same size of height I am now. But I didn't weigh with 220. So Arkansas, the big schools didn't didn't offer me a scholarship. But and what happened was, in the mid 80s, we had a couple guys from Pine Bluff High that were real good. Eric Mitchell and Curtis Williamson. They both went to OU with Keith Jackson. So the Razorbacks got mad because they went to to Oklahoma. We always had some good athletes come from Pine Bluff. I went to Pine Bluff High School. Uh, Don Hudson went to my high school, Hall of Famer, first Hall of Fame class ever. Oh, yeah, Don Hudson. So, so what happened was uh, Arkansas didn't recruit me, and I, my grades were kind of so-so anyway. So two guys on my high school ended up getting, well, all state ended up getting recruited by 
Louisiana Tech was just going to Division One. They both went on a visit to Louisiana Tech and, and committed. The coach that was coming to see them saw me on film. I went up another week or two later, and I committed to Louisiana Tech because my teammates did. They both backed out and went to Arkansas State when Larry Lakeswell was there, who worked for the Cowboys for a long time. And then I, and that's how I ended up going to Louisiana Tech. So I really didn't get – I made the super team, but I didn't make All-State coming out of high school. So you probably sound like a two-star recruit. Yeah. Now, when when you decide to go to Louisiana, do they give you the whole pitch? When like, do they sit you down and give you the pitch like you see on like the like the movies and everything else? No, like, it's, like Louisiana, to... it's Louisiana Tech. I mean, it's a small yeah. Division One school. I'm, you know, the, the pitch was we're going Division One. We're going to be playing against SEC schools. We're going to be playing against. We played well back then. We played against Alabama a few times, Baylor, uh, Auburn twice. So you're going to be playing Division One football. So that was. That, that, the was, pit, that was it yeah. for me. So you know, and, and then you went, and then and you did great there, right? I got and, red shirted. Yeah. I was two twenty. I was two thirty, two thirty five. I got red shirted. My red shirt was about two fifty, and I started. I started, but I was you know, I was real quick. And at the, back in that time, most teams ran in the in the eighties. Everybody like in high school, we had to block with arms like this, and everybody ran the flex bone, the wishbone, where they had a three back set. So the problem was a lot of those schools that did all that run blocking. They got to the league and couldn't pass protect. So we ran a pro set offense. Bradshaw went there. Our offense coordinator was Steve Vinsmaker, who's with uh who played at LSU, who's with LSU now. Our quarterback coach was uh uh Joe Ferguson. Pat Tilly was on our staff. My line coach was Petey P. who played in the league. And we had uh we had pros come come help us with the team. But we ran a pro set, so we had the pass block and we flipped during the game. So I was a quicker weak tackle. So I went opposite the tight end. So during the game, we played. We moved. We moved. Me and the guard. We would move left to right during the whole game. So now, when you say pro set offense, for somebody that doesn't know, because I don't even, what is pro set offense? We passed a lot. Oh, you, you had the pass a lot. block. Okay. So we had, and we flipped. Teams don't do this. We flipped during the game. So I would be a left tackle some, I'd be a right tackle some, it just matter where the tight end was. Or if it was two tight end set, I'd normally be a left. But if it was a, if I was open away from the tight end, I would be the, I was open a weak tackle. So I flipped during the whole game. Oh, okay. So you had to play both tackles. So you're you're flipping back and forth during the whole game. And the pro set is is a lot of pass. A lot of pass. Yeah. Yes, you had to pass block well. So that's so if it, it was, I had long arms. I was real quick, real athletic. So when I got to college and gained weight, I actually got faster. Yeah, how'd that happen? Just genetic. I mean, I I didn't lift weights. I didn't power mean, clean, yeah. snatch, training table. You know, I was naturally a real. I had the quick muscle, twitch muscle guy, mm-hmm. and I never hit weights like that because I didn't want to, and I never drank beer like that in high school. So you get your training table, and you eat, and you just uh, genetics. Now, when you were in college, what was your diet like to to stay big but not get too big? You know, to, it, to be able it, to. Stay I was quick. putting on weight the whole time. Yeah. I had so I went from two thirty to two fifty. Now doing this when I was off, when I wasn't lifting weights, you know you get a little pudgy. But every year I was, I didn't, I was just eating. I, I it wasn't a diet. I was just eating, drinking, hanging out. I mean, I was just gaining weight there, gaining weight naturally because I filled out. My dad was he got to two, Michigan State at two fifteen as a grown man. He was about three hundred pounds. He's six three and a half. So. Is my my mom was five ten five you know? Oh yeah, so, so I come from a big dog. yeah, yeah I come yeah. from. So you got so the genetics. Eventually, I was gonna fill out anyway. I don't know how big I would have gotten if I kept playing basketball. But but 
When I was 13, I wore like a 15, and I, my grandfather wore 12, my dad wore 14, I wore a 17. So I thought I was going to be, if uh, to be honest with you, if I had been about six, 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 seven, if I'd been a couple inches taller, I would have kept playing basketball. Yeah. And and the basketball coach didn't tell me all my offers because I got a letter from UConn when, when Calhoun had just gotten there because I did real good at that camp. So I really didn't know all my offers in basketball. I'm glad I didn't. The only offers I knew about were like Southeast Missouri and and UCA and some smaller schools. But because La Tech was going Division One, and my dad knew I was really a football player, he he pushed me to to, to go play football. To play football which, yeah, which ended a, up working out. Yeah, well, ended up yeah. working out. Well. Yeah. But I did have potential in basketball, yes. And what, what are you, you're a size 15? You're no, sure? about 17. You're size 17? My sure? dad was a 14, and my hey. grandfather was a 12. How do you find shoes? Oh, they make them now. I wear, well, I wear slides, but I'm saying back then it was harder to find shoes. Yeah. But, but I thought I was going to be, you think about it, I, I got a, these big feet, I'm big hands, everything. So when I went on my recruiting trip, my line coach played pro football. So they saw me, and then they said, Look, when I went on the trip, my college teammates would tell you, when they when they saw me, they said, this guy looks like a basketball player. You know, what the hell are they going to play him at? So <laughs> they didn't know whether they were going to play me on the offensive line or the defensive line. So they, Coach P. Rowe, they ended up playing me at the offensive line, which was, for me and for my athletic ability, was perfect for me. Yeah, because everything you read about you is how quick you were at your size, how yeah. fast. I mean, to move at your size that fast is – yeah, there's, I ran, there's not many people. Like when that. I was like 280, 285, I ran like a 48. I was going to come out my red shirt junior year because I was goofing off in school. I had to go to summer school. So I ran a 49 at the combine, 508, 307. But when I was about 280, 285, I mean, I could pick I could pick a my 49? Yeah, I ran a 49 at, three, at the combine. And I yeah, ran yeah, a 503, 496, 503, you know, a 307. But I'm saying I ran a 48 my junior year. Damn. That's but I, but I'm saying I went to a small school, so I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So it, it ended up working out for me. I went, so I went. I stayed five years because I got redshirted, and you know I had a. We played Alabama. Alabama was ranked number one, won the national championship. That was Gene Stallings. That was Curry Copeland, and the week before they had dominated Arkansas real bad. It was Curry. They had Curry Copeland. Who Curry and Copeland went five and six. Antonio London went in the first round. Uh, Nunley, they had four, George Teague, they had four first-rounders on that defense, and they had a few guys that went in the, in the second, third, fourth round. So I had a real good game against Curry, and the next, it was like the middle of the college, about the fifth game of the season, and they won, they, 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 David Palmer ran the punt back to beat us, and we played them real close. The next week, we had scouts all over that practice field. And then, uh, in my, if, if La Tech, I end up being a third, second, third round grade going into my senior year. Lincoln Kennedy was the man in '91 because he did, he should have came out when Steve Entman went high to hit Entman and Corey out that went real high in '91. So uh, uh, Lincoln got hurt because we played in the Hula Bowl in the Shrine game. So I ended up having a real good combine. Jumped him, went eight. He went nine. Curran Copeland went five and six. Me and JB, Jerome Bass had the same major, went 10. So I jumped him and went top 10 from La Tech, from a guy that was barely recruited, going top 10. Then the scouts came to watch us at practice. So we had Myron Baker went in the fourth round. We had Artie Smith going in the fifth round. Doug Evans, who got a Super Bowl ring cornerback, 
didn't go to the combine. Who Doug Evans play for? Green Bay. Green won, Bay. Won the ring. We, yeah. A lot of cornerbacks from Tech, Tormon Williams, some guy, uh, the, the Xavier Woods. Uh, uh, they have another guy that's real good now. But Doug Evans didn't go to the combine, ran a 4-3 on wet grass. Ooh. And Green Bay took him in the sixth round. But see, at Tech, we had him playing safety. They moved him to the corner, and he's about 6-1. So he was on my recruit. He was my roommate on the recruiting trip with me. Oh, yeah? And then we had Baron Rollins, who broke his ankle, who who ended, who ended up going pro, too. So we had five guys off that team go Yeah, where'd pro. he go? Where'd he go to? Baron Rollins. Yeah. Baron Rollins went to uh, off his line. He went to uh, – he went to – he was in Atlanta. He was with us in New Orleans. He was off the line. He never really played a lot. But he. But I'm saying we had five – I'm telling you, we had five guys go pro – from La Tech. From La Tech, right. Which which we had just gone Division One in eighty nine. So from eight we we had rare search props. A lot of those guys were prop forty eight guys that could have gone to bigger schools and wanted to come there and play. So we had a bunch of rare search, a bunch of props and a bunch of JUCOs. In ninety was the best team we played on, we went eight and three. And you know who we had at receiver? We got from Fort Scott Junior College, Eddie Brown, Antonio's daddy. Damn. We wow. had Bobby Slaughter, who was one of the best receivers in the country, All-American, and Eddie Brown on the other side. Eddie tried out for the league. Eddie was bigger than Antonio, but he wasn't as fast. But he had hands like Carter. He could catch everything. Yeah. He was, and he, he played in the arena league for about 13 years. Isn't that crazy? Like a tech school has five guys come out? Like you would expect that from like Alabama yeah. or like you know, Ohio State. But not five guys from, you know, like a from, – from, from an independent Division independent I school. Independent Division I school, yeah. Who – and in the I, top ten, and I went top ten. We were five or six my senior. Yeah. So you know, yeah. we, you know, they, we had some talent, and there was some talent back then. You had uh, Orlando Thomas, who came out of USL. You had uh, I played against a guy named James Atkins. The whole time he was defensive line, and he played offensive line in the league for for about ten years too. Then you had Black Shear from Northeast. So it was a, it was a, Jackie Jackie Harris from Pine Bluff Dalloway went to uh, NLU. So you had a lot of talent between, you know, you you got to understand, Rustin and Monroe, all those schools right there, we're in between. Arkansas is two hours. Mississippi's right there. Uh, you're in Louisiana. Texas is right there, right past Shreveport. So all those guys that want to stay close to home sometimes go to those schools because it's closer to their family. Yeah. And they rather play at those. That's why – the, a lot of guys come out there. Some come out of there because they want to stay close to the. They want to stay close to the family. There, yeah, and then they're they're good. Or you so. or you have guys that are not the top top athletes or get hurt or something, and they want to play at a good program. And boom, they end up they end up going to a school like La Tech. And uh, the crazy thing was when I got to Rustin, the Lady Texas had just won a national championship. So it was the basketball team. Kim Mulkey was the coach. Okay. She had won the championship as a player in 84. I got there. That's the last championship they won in 88. That was Venus Lacey, Teresa Witherspoon, who's coaching with the Pelicans now, and, and Venus Lacey, and uh, and Vicky Johnson. So when I got to Tech, and then Malone used to come back, and Randy White went top 10 number eight to Dallas Mavericks. So when I got there, it was really a basketball school. So we turned it from a basketball school into more of a football school while 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 we were there because at that point it was a transition period because the Lady Texas were good but they weren't quite as good but they still were the were the top dog on campus and yeah. then the men's basketball team PJ Brown was there with me we played a long time played with the Heat we came out together so you know we had like I said we had a lot of good a- athletes come through there but we 
the football team kind of – it's a football school now. Skip Holtz is the coach now. And before last year, they had won five straight bowl games. And correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes it's almost better to go to a school like that because you shine more. Am I right or wrong? Or you have the you have the possibility of sticking out more. It's it's better to go to to a school like that sometime when you're raw like a player like me because you get you're going to get more personal attention to you as a coach staff. If I had gone to a bigger school and they had all these other guys that were, you know, big time All Americans or these high school guys, maybe I wouldn't have got the personal attention. You know what I'm saying? So right. So like example, like if you went to like Alabama or Ohio State, mm-hmm. they they already got guys that they're. They're putting their time into now. You they're putting their in, time into yeah. They might not give you the time to help. Well, you. well, if they see the potential, if they see the potential, and they see that you can have potential, they will work with you. But the problem with me was, I don't know if if I would have made it through. I was goofing off at school so much. <laughs> it, we were on the quarter system, so during the fall quarter, I like laying in the bed. So I would have to make up in the winter and spring, and then go to summer school every year. So then, like going into my senior, year, I took like twelve hours and. And I don't know if I would have been to get away with that going to those bigger programs, you know, uh, you know, I would have had to focus, you know, focus harder. So, you know, everything worked out for a reason. But, you know, like I said, Petey, my line coach played with Joe Delaney. He played pro eight years. So he knew. So they knew. When I got there, after I got red shirt, Hokie guys, I just come down there and they, my red shirt first me, they said, who is this kid? And they said, he's nothing but a freshman. So. They told me by my red shirt sophomore year, and we went eight and three and played Maryland and Independence Bowl when I was twenty. I knew if I took care of my business, I was going pro because I knew I was big and I was fast and athletic, and I could do. I could go in the gym and dunk the ball and do what I want to do. So I was a real good athlete. So I knew if I took care of my business, I would be going high. And then we got ready to play Alabama my senior year. They said, "Willie, you want to make some money? You got a ball. We I go see with the coach. He go over the schedule." You got this team. You got Auburn. We played the Four Horsemen at Auburn in yeah. ninety. In ninety, we played Auburn, and they kicked the field goal to beat us. Eddie had a big game. We, we we had the number two. JD, our running back, was the number two back in the country. We had the number two offensive country, number five defense in the country. So, and Auburn was ranked five that year, and we paid them to a field goal that year. You know, yeah. so. We we played with the big boys. Did you guys play uh, Notre Dame when Lou Holtz was coaching? No. I just like Lil Hoes. No, they beat they, really they beat Alabama, they beat Alabama in like ninety six or ninety seven. They yeah. beat Alabama twice. But you know who the coach for Tech is? Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz, yeah. His son. That's who's he's been doing a heck of a job. Yeah, okay. That's who's been at, that's who's been coaching yeah, Tech for the last. You know, I didn't realize that that was Lou. That's Holtz. his son. Oh shit! I didn't realize that. Yeah, he, yeah. you need to check it. Oh, no, he's been doing a heck. Of, he's been doing a great job. Did you think Lil Holtz was a good coach? Oh yeah, I like I, I Lil Holtz. Monster. Well, I tell you a story. So my junior year. You know, nobody wanted to go to the senior bowl because they're gonna work the crap out of you. You're gonna practice like a dog. So yeah. <laughs> so I get after my junior year, I get a letter from the hula bowl. I'm like, shit! I I never sorry for, I never been to Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii, right? Oh yeah. So I commit to the hula bowl before my senior year. Well, it's the same week of the senior bowl, and then I went to the shrine game that last week. Guess who my coach was at the at the hula bowl? Who? Lou Holtz. And Eddie Robinson. Get the hell out of here. Lou Holtz coached me at the Hula Bowl. So you had Eddie Lou Holtz Ro- coaching. I had Lou Holtz and Eddie Robinson. Yeah. Tell me tell me how he was. Oh man. The best. All right, like like how was he? We went like, hula, like, we went we weren't putting no pants on. We yeah. went to Hawaii. We was, yeah. look, y'all go out here, you dance in practice, you, we put on shells and we played we played hard on Sunday. Now the now the East West Shrine game, we practiced that week. But the Hula Bowl week, 
it was uh it was a lot of fun. We we went out there, worked hard, and we wasn't banging though. So and we went out there and played well. Uh, it's gotta be so me awesome, and Dan man. Williams were going against each other a lot. I don't know if you remember him. He went number eleven to the Broncos. He defensive line. Damn. He never did a lot. He yeah. got he you know he ended up going to Kansas City and he ended up playing well for Kansas City when he left Denver. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't know who that is. Yeah. I, that's awesome, man. Congratulations yeah. to Lou Holtz, man. Lou Holtz. He's a Hall of Famer like you. Oh, great you know? man. Great man. And and every everything I've ever heard about him was all good stuff. Yeah, I oh, miss, you know who you know I I love the show with Lou Holtz and Mark May used to do the college football. Yep. I miss them being together. Yeah, hell yeah. They did a yeah. good job together. Yeah, they did. They, they did. did. Like, and and, he, and he's got that, like, dry but yeah. funny personality, yeah. you know? Cool as hell. Well, we have the Touchdown Club, and they have a Willie Rolfe Award in the state of Arkansas for the top high school and college linemen. And Lou Holtz came and talked to that banquet. Uh, like, when I, when they first named the award after me, like, in 2014, they have the Dan Hampton Award, the Lou Holtz, Willie Rolfe Award, Cliff Harris, who just got in the Hall of Fame Safety Award, and now they have the Dan McFadden Award. Wow. Because he's from Marcus, you know, for yeah. the running back. That's awesome. See, the, the the problem, like the position that you played, you know, you don't get enough credit. Because what people don't understand is without you, that quarterback's going to get crushed. Well, if you don't remember what happened, too, before I came in, those guys were going high. They had Charles McRae and they had Antone Davis come out from Tennessee, Tennessee, and they missed out, missed camp. Well, they struggled. And then you had Bob Whitfield come out from Stanford the year before me, and he didn't end up, he ended up having a great career, but he didn't end up playing until the second half of the season. So my whole deal was when I got drafted, because you got to understand, I'm coming from Louisiana Tech, so not, I'm the first Louisiana player drafted by the Saints in the first round. I'm Jim Fink's last pick. He died. I didn't even get to meet Jim Fink's Hall of Fame general manager. So I wanted to get off to a good start. So my whole thing was I, I wanted to get in camp on time because the trade up to get me, we had the 20th pick. They took Irv Smith. Irv Smith Jr. was playing for Minnesota Vikings. Now they played Alabama. So they traded Pat Swillen, all pro, to Detroit and got me with the eighth pick. Yeah, because you were acquired by Detroit, right? I was – I was. they they got the eighth pick and the fourth-round pick – they took me, and they took Lorenzo Lolo Neal, right. who was a great fullback. Detroit did, right? The Lions. Yeah, but they traded Pat Swilling. They, they traded Pat Swilling. Who had been all pro the year before. Okay. And then in that deal, they you get sent to the Saints. No, 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 no. Okay. They traded the pick. The Saints picked me. They traded the pick. They, they traded okay. the pick. But I'm saying the pressure was on because we you traded Pat Swilling. All these linemen getting high, drafted high the last couple years before me had got off to a tough start. You saw what happened to uh, Tony uh, Mandarich, mm-hmm. who was, you know, the hyped up. So these guys had struggled. So my whole deal was, let me get in camp on time because I want to. I want to play. So I got my. I said, get my contract done on time. They had Richard Cooper was playing left at the time, who was a D lineman at Tennessee, it was a real good athlete. They moved. They moved the offense line in the pros, and they had signed to the to the. Uh, What's Tootie's last name? What Tootie Rock? Tootie, uh, they signed Tootie, gave him 500000 to sign. That's a lot of money in 93 to play right tackle. Well, we get to training camp. Tootie's got a trick shoulder. Now, we got, back then, this is, this is a lot of banging at camp. And uh, he had a trick shoulder, so we popped the shoulder out. We had five preseason games that year. So, Tootie doesn't want to do all that practicing. So, because he came from Green Bay or wherever they were taking care of him. He was about 35 years old. I ended up starting in, in the Japan Bowl in in, uh, in the Tokyo in the Japan Bowl, 
They end up cutting Tootie. He went back to wherever he was playing and finished his career off, and I'm playing every down my rookie year. Because yeah. that was my whole deal. I want to get off to yeah. a good start. So I made an alternate to the Pro Bowl because it's, it's how you start in the league, the hype, and what happens is going to help you with your career. And you guys were hitting back then. It's not like, oh, this, man. It's it was, not like this little girly stuff. It you was guys uh, were hitting. It was, uh, it was bad, too, because at that time you had the cheese factory. Cheese, so it's us in in lacrosse. You got Kansas City and River Falls. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Minnesota and Mankato. You got Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. And you had – hold on, you had one more t- – you had five teams up there. So we would travel around practicing against each other. So it was – when we when that first two or three weeks of camp, Moore was ex Marine. It was pads every day, twice a day, and then on Saturday you would scrimmage, Sunday off, and that's how it was till you got to to uh to the preseason games. It's every day, bam, 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 bam. Now it when you scrimmage on Saturday, did you have full pads? It was full pads, Dang. but it was on. You know what I'm saying, but you so you only had one day. You didn't have, no, but by the time camp, by the time you got to the preseason, your legs were gone. Yeah. It was it was tough, man. Because you're basically practicing five days a week, right? I mean, six I, days. My a body week. couldn't. You know that rookie year, and I had to play every down. I I was texting before that season. I was so t- I went from La Tech. I season was over by November. That five weeks of training camp was harder than my whole football season. So I went from that to playing five preseason game and then making it through that season. I mean, I barely could. I was so tired. I would just go home and sleep and. I dated a girl, so I wasn't hanging out my rookie year. So I was just like, I, I, I was. It was hard. It was so hard for me to make it through that season. I made it through it, but it was tough. You know, my body had to adjust to the NFL. It's like going from college basketball, going from thirty games to eighty games. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's. You know, I'm going from eleven games to sixteen plus five. That's twenty one. It's, it's tough on your body. What would you say is the biggest difference between college football? Not now. At the, at your time. Between college football and the NFL, for me it wasn't the after learning the system, learning the blitz packages because I wasn't used to seeing all them blitzes and the way they do it. The NFL was totally because I played at a small school. I didn't see that unless you played the bigger school, and the step, the comp, step up of the competition. You know, I'm gonna play Alabama or Auburn, a school like that twice a year. I'm in the NFL. I'm going against. Everybody's just as good as you. Everybody's that, you big, everybody's real good, you know. So the competition was was in, in learning the system. For me, athletically, I was gifted, so athletically, I could do it. It, but was, it just, was learning that system, learning right? the system on the fly, being able to to to, to you know, as off of the line, you gotta you gotta be able to go. I gotta ask this because you want everything. You at, at your rookie year, what was the toughest team that you played when you were a rookie that that just had you? You know, they had. The blitz is coming. That just it was the toughest team we had when we went up there, and they had the most sacks my rookie year. The, the, the toughest game I had, I would say, Kevin Green got my first sack on me. We started five and zero, and I thought everything this is the NFL. <laughs> then we went in the training camp mode. I will say this, Coach Moore, it was hot as heck out there. At that time, our practice facility was trailers, literally, and a barn with a power plant behind our practice facility. They hadn't built a new complex yet in the wall, so it was tiny. So 
We went in the training camp, but it was hot as heck out there. So Kevin had a sack, couple sacks on me and was winking and tapping me on the ass. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm a rookie, no hair on my face, and I don't understand. You know, he's been in a long league a while, and he's winking and doing I'm like, what the hell's going on? And he bulled me and slipped me a couple, you know, got me. But the toughest game we played against as a team, in Cleveland against the dog pound with Bill Belichick. They had like Ooh. nine sacks. Oh, yeah. Bill Belichick. And they were that they had Rob Burnett. They had Clay Matthews. They had Eric Turner, the safety. Yeah. The died the one that died. Eric Turner was a bad boy. They had the kick returner, the real original kick returner, Metcalf. It, this is ninety seven, right? No, this is ninety three. Ninety three. Damn. Yeah, see that ninety seven was I was the pace. The pace, pace okay. came. Pace was came out in ninety seven. Okay, yeah. but I was ninety three. Yeah, yeah. So they were a beast, huh? That defense was was tough. Was serious. They had they had Jerry Ball or somebody in the middle. They had some they had some studs on that defense. Do you, Willie, do you think that uh, Belichick's the best coach of all time, NFL wise, or no? Got to be. And I grew up a Steeler fan. He's got to be the best. I mean, I, I, you know what? I will say this. You know, that division was not that good most of the time he coached. So, you know, I, I will say that the division, you know, that played into their favor. But to go to win all those games and to do – I'll, I'll say he wouldn't have been that as good a coach if he didn't have Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I, that, 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 it, would, it wouldn't have – it wouldn't have been – they go hand in hand. So, if I say Belichick's the best coach, I, he's got the best player to ever play. He got Tom Brady. Yeah, he's got the GOAT. He got Look what Tom Brady did in Tampa. Yeah, and he got listen. Tom, I I said this before. I never seen Tom Brady get hit more in my life than he did the first what six seven games, uh, playing with Tampa. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got hit this year, and they turned it around. And he turned it around. And in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, you see them bullets he was throwing. Oh man, bullets! There ain't nobody he's, better. He's than the him. best. There ain't nobody even close. He threw for five hundred yards against Atlanta. He came, you know, <laughs> shit. I mean, they, they, he's the best. So you know, I mean, so Belichick. Excuse me. As good as he is, he wouldn't have. They go hand in hand. You yeah. can't take one without the other. Now you've had some great coaches that have had different players. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't have. You know they, they've been able to do it with. But most of most of the coaches that did it always had a real good quarterback. You have the Steelers. You have Bradshaw. You have Montana. You have you know that 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 it's always started with that quarterback. Who was the coach of uh, San Francisco when Montana was playing? He was a damn good coach too. George Seifert. No, it wasn't Seifert. It was uh, no, it was uh, Bill uh, Bill Walsh. But he he was really good. So. Well, the pro- this is what the advantage they had back then too, because we when we came in the league, we were playing against them. They were in the rest. They went. They went. They ran the West Coast offense before anybody ran the West Coast offense. But you know where they got that from? They went to the SWAC when they got uh, Jerry Rice, Archie Cooley, the gunslinger. Mm-hmm. They learned a lot of that stuff from because the SWAC used to do all that before. But the West Coast offense then, when they were interchanging the tight ends and the receivers and teaching them all, they all had to learn all those routes from the X, Y, and Z. The Bill Washington were the first team to do all that stuff. The West so Coast they were offense. they were ahead of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they were good, they were and good. then Montana had kind of molded Young, Steve Young, right? Yeah, and well, Montana, and then Young was a better athlete than Montana. And Montana in '93 went to Kansas City, and they went to the AFC Championship game. And then in '94, you know, Young won his only ring in the last one up there. 
And you played against Tom Brady, right? A lot of, yeah, a few times, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, what was that like playing against them? Well, I didn't go against him personally, but I they, mean, you know, being in us, that they beat us, but yeah. we got him. We got him in our head one time, and uh, Greg West had two picks on him from yeah. the safety spot. So we got him. Good, we Good got him good. once. I think. Yeah, you know what? We beat him. Uh, we went that that was way before him. We went to New England and beat them like in '94, but that was way before him. But we got him once at Arrowhead. Good, yeah. good for you. Yeah. At least you we got beat him. We they beat us at their uh, they beat us at their house. I think in '02. And they came and beat us at uh, our house, I think, one time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So now you're you're with the Saints, and then you get an injury. What injury did you have? Well, my first – the first – I didn't miss it down till I tore, I got rolled in, into in 96, and I tore my MCL. Ooh. And I missed three games, and I came back and finished the year off. I think when I tore that MCL, I think I partially tore my ACL, but it didn't give out till. 2001, because my knee used to pop and lock all the time. So in 96, I, I missed three games. And then in 98, I had a scope and I only missed one game. And then the real injury came in 01 when I was running somebody around the quarterback and my ACL gave out on me. Oh, how'd that feel? I kept playing. Scott says, hey, you're well, a beast. Tore it off, tore it off. Yeah. Yeah, vitamin T. Well, so so the, so that – the ACL gave out on me, and I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know it was hurt because my muscles around it were so strong, and I tried to come back a little bit, and it was just, you know, it wasn't stable. You didn't have, like, the ground, right? Like, you didn't have, like, the stability? No, no, the it, stability? Wouldn't, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. No, I had the stability. Really? It, it, it Just if somebody hit me, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't know they – this is what happened. So I tell my – I tell my, my ACL, my knee was popping and locking a lot as I – Especially after '96, like '99, 2000, they used to pop like a knuckle, like popping lock. So when I tore my ACL, when I did the, uh, when they got got the MRI, it was it looked like it was still attached, but it looked like it was something wrong with it. Well, by the time I went to see Doctor Andrews around Thanksgiving, he said, "Willie, if if your ACL wasn't torn, you wouldn't be here." Well, when I went to when I went to had a surgery, it was torn at the top. So it was torn up on the bone. So the MRI, it wasn't torn in the middle. Mm. So to them, it didn't look like it was torn. So it was torn at the top. And then he went and had to repair my meniscus because I played a little bit, a couple where it hurt. Mm -hmm. So he had to go in there and fix it. So when I came out of that surgery, when I tell you I was in some pain because it, it was inflamed some, and I still have a little problem with the drainage in it. So they had me on a... Um, Epidural drip. Yeah. So when I came out of surgery, but that was it, you know. So I was I was upset with the team because I felt like, you know, I'm out here trying to play, and you know, I kind of got misdiagnosed. But it wasn't really their fault because it wasn't torn in the middle. It was torn so at the it top. flipped off. It flipped off the bone. Yeah. So the stupid thing was still looking like it was still. It's still so attached, but it wasn't. It wasn't exactly because, yeah, exactly. like you said, they were looking at the middle, but it was at the top. It was at the top. If they had went to the top, they would have seen. Well, the only thing you can do is go in there and check it out. Yeah. But what can you do? Right. So now, how long did that put you out for that injury? Oh no, I was done for the rest of the year. That was two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, I was done. And then it was Thanksgiving. I I had I I, I played uh, five or six games. Then I. Then I got hurt. Then I missed a couple games. Then I came back and played. The last full game I played against was at the 49ers. And then I came and uh, tried to play against 
uh, it was Jim Moore's team. It was the Colts. And uh, I got hit in the knee, and it buckled, and I said, I'm done. Mm. And I, that's when I, I came out the game, and uh, I went and saw Dr. Andrews, and the rest was, you know, I, you know, he was the best. As a lineman, how dirty is it? How dirty is it? You know, is there a lot of well, know, pulling then, and grabbing? I mean, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, you know, I mean, if they know you're hurt, you know what I mean? They're going to attack your vulnerability, Well, right? dude hit me in the knee. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of dirty shit that goes on. Well, I mean, line. I didn't, you know, I mean, teams talk, people talk. So, I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to play football. I don't, you know, I didn't know my ACL was doing. I knew something was wrong. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, like in basketball, there's all that trash talking. Is there a lot of trash talking? Well, in, you know, in the line? The, it's, certain teams, the Atlanta, talk a lot of trash. Yeah, the Dirty Birds. So, you know, you you handle it in the trenches. So, if there's stuff going on, the good thing about playing football is it's not basketball. We're gonna hit each other every play. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. got some issue with a guy, we can handle it right here in the field of play. I got a guy here. We're gonna double you sometime. Linebacker, we're gonna come yeah. at you. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna get your ass. We're gonna get you sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna try to get you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So then, but now when you recover from the injury, then you go to Kansas City. They traded. Well, Kansas no, City. no, no. I got. I wasn't recovered. I got traded during the injury. During the injury. So okay. <laughs> so what happened was I was in New Orleans. It was kind of like high school. Uh, I had some. It was some stuff going on in my personal life too, right? Mm-hmm. With my ex, and I had, you know, I had two. I have two kids. One of my youngest is at LSU now. She was doing. She was living with me. I have a son and a daughter, right? Congratulations. So stuff going. Well, I got four kids all together, but and, and a step stepdaughter. But anyway, uh, so I was going through a tough situation. I'm coming off knee surgery. I come back in town. All this mess starts talking on the radio and all that stuff about Willie and. So I'm like, shit. You know, I got to get the heck up out of here. So you know, I'm not coming back here. So I had just signed a new contract that was going to kick in the following year, but I'm coming off a of knee surgery. You know, I've been to the Pro Bowl every year for seven years until that year, and that's my first major injury, right? Mm-hmm. But Sally had had both his labrums operated on, and he had, had knee surgery that offseason too, but he wasn't 30. So what happened was, I went to see the doctor in Denver because I used to train in Denver. My agent was from Denver. I used to live in Denver. So I said, I got a daughter in Colorado. I would, wouldn't mind playing for Denver Broncos. So I went up there one time while I'm rehabbing and had to go and get some treatment purposely so they could see I was doing well off the knee surgery because I was ahead of schedule. From I knew I was going to come back off the knee surgery because I came off a scope in a week. You know, Damn, I came week? Out, Yeah, I had a scope in 98. I had a lateral meniscus scope. I have more college than this. I had a lateral meniscus when Dick was there, and uh, and I missed, you know, 12 days. But I'm saying I had a scope on a Tuesday. I played Mr. Carolina. I played the next week. You hear this, Rob? Yeah, back then, Ooh. that's how we did it. And, that, well, I took some and there bikes. wasn't no damn. That's the, real, that's the real boy. That's the real okay. shit. There was no stem cells. There was none nah, of that shit. No, it wasn't that shit back then. No, no, no. You take some biking and doing the game. So Turf anyway, anyway, so uh, so. So I'm in a t- I'm in a tough spot. I said, look, I want to I got to get out of here. Blah 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 blah. I'm never coming back to New Orleans. Blah 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 blah. So what happened was I uh, Denver. I talked to them. Kansas City started calling. I didn't know. I knew the priest had had like a bunch of yards, but I didn't know nothing about Kansas City other than Priest and Will Shields because I came out with Will Shields. They beat me for the Allen Trophy. So, 
you know, I so at the end of the day, because of my personal situation, nobody really wanted to fool with me. So I ended up having to having to renegotiate the contract before I get traded, which you know they're gonna cut you down to all incentives. Of course. You know how it works. Yeah. So I'm stuck in a tight spot because I can't go. I had to get traded by a debt by March 8th or 9th by midnight. I got to be traded or the Saints aren't going to release me. I'm going to pick up my options. I'm, I'm going to retire from football. I'm not going to play for y'all no more. So I ended up working a deal out. Nobody wanted to touch me other than Denver offered me a deal, but Denver said for me to get my roster bonus, they weren't going to pay me week to week to week. I had to play 14 games. I said, well, shit, what if I – just get pay me week to week to week. So Denver really didn't. So Denver really didn't offer me a, a contract. Kansas City ended up throwing me an incentive-laden deal. That was really the only team that really offered me something fair. Boom! I get traded to Kansas City, which is the only team I can pack up my car because from Pine Bluff to New Orleans, my dad came every game with about eight hours. I went to Arkansas, and it's about eight hours going the other way toward up to Fayetteville to uh, Kansas City. So I ended up getting, getting traded at the last minute when nobody wanted to touch me. Uh, and and you say that if it wasn't for Kansas City, you don't think you would have been in the Hall of Fame. If they they, they me, quote you saying that. It, yeah. it, you got to think about it. I I go to Kansas City. John Tate was Mormon. He was having problems with Peterson because Peterson Cursor said something to him. Hmm. He 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 was six six, but he had you know most he had shorter arms, so he was struggling at left, and and they moved John to right. So John was upset because they were moving him to right. I'm coming off knee surgery. They don't know what I'm going to be able to do. But then Will's at right guard. You got Casey Wegman at center. I didn't know nothing about Casey. Casey one of the most underrated players that ever played in the league. You got Will, who ain't never missed a down in 14 years. Will never, four, you never even hear about him. Will played 12 Pro Bowls, never missed a game. That's crazy. So then Brian Waters, who I don't even know who Brian Waters is. He was the fullback. They moved him to the line. He was with Dallas. They cut him. He went to Kansas City. Went to the Arena League. He had played. He had played center and guard a little bit. I didn't know nothing about Brian Waters. They got him at left guard. Then they bring me in and put me in left tackle. So I don't know other than Will. I don't know any of these guys. So I come in, and then we we get out there and start playing. And I'm like, Brian Waters doesn't even want to work out, and he can go in there. And he's like Larry Allen. He can bench like five, six hundred pounds, and he doesn't even lift weights. So. I mean, it's like it's like God. He said, "If you had to, we we just start wrecking shop, man. We 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 we. we, we what happens is when you pick up guys like me, they picked up priests who left a situation, Eddie Kennison, you know, guys. We got something to prove because we we pissed. So when you bring in guys that really want to play football and they left a disgruntled situation and they still got some ball left in them, then you know you got something to prove. It's kind of like what." I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you, you were in late. It's kind of like Bill Belichick. He'll take like the biggest rebel mm-hmm. ever, but has the talent. Yes, and and get them on the Randy, straight path. Randy Moss. Randy Moss went to Oakland and collected a check yep. and was you know Antonio Davis. Antonio Davis. Uh, who else did he take? He, he took a lot of. Uh, he took some of them. Then they played. Then they played good for him. And they played good for him. Yeah. And they were nightmares. They were out of control. And mm-hmm. Belichick just got them under control. You got to have the right, the right coaching staff, and you got to have the right people around. Now I will say this: same thing in New Orleans. We got to Kansas City, and Vermeil was not playing old school. They ran Vermeil out of St. Louis because of the way he was practicing, dudes. And and he and they boycotted the team. They won the Super Bowl. Joe 
what's his name? Joe uh Joe Phillips had went there and was talking about I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm looking forward to going. When he left Kansas City, he went to uh, uh St. Louis. Vermil made guys retire. We we I get to training camp. Well, I'm coming off ACL, so I ain't gotta go two a day. I'm going one a day in 02. And then in 03, I went back two a days. But we uh we picked up Vonnie Holiday. Vonnie Holiday had bad knees before he got to Kansas City and worked him too hard. And he, he couldn't make it through, the, you know, he struggled making it through the season. He left and went to Miami Dolphins and played about another six, seven years because of that. We got Freddie Mitchell from, from, uh, yeah, Freddie Mitchell. We got Freddie Mitchell, I remember Freddie Mitchell. From, 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 uh, Philly. That's my boy. And, and, and Freddie had to get it. Freddie said, My knees bother me. I need to get a scope. I said, Because I had a scope. It said training camp. I said, Freddie, you need to get the scope now. You're not going to be able to play if your knee's clicking. I said, you got to get it cleaned out. You're not going to make it through the season. Because you had just went through this. Yeah, I, well, I went through it in 98, but yeah. this is in like 2002-03, and Freddie's like, I don't want to do it. He had never had surgery, so he's like, I don't want to. I'm scared to get the scope. I'm like, man, you got to get the scope. You're not going to be able to make it to the season. So, well, Freddie didn't want to get the scope. He ended up getting cut. You know what I mean? You got it. But yeah. we practiced so hard, and we practiced for three hours that Vermeer was wearing, wearing you out, man. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. no joke up there. <laughs> yeah. So, but then when you went to play, you could handle it though. You know. Yeah. You just the problem. The problem is back in those days was, you know, when you started, it was you were so happy when training camp was over. You were so happy when you got home and you weren't having to practice two days. Even though we still practiced about three hours with Vermeer, you know, it took you a, a few weeks to get your legs back. Yeah. So you start the season and you really. You're playing, but your legs are tight. You're, you're so worn out from training. Camp. You're so worn out from training camp, but your body's so banged up. It takes you a few weeks to get get back, get your feet up underneath you. So you really don't get your feet up underneath you till like week four or five. And I'm gonna tell you what used to happen. Denver, because they were new, they they owner the coach and them were part of the selection committee with the schedule would always play us in September up there. Cause they knew we didn't have no legs, mm. so so Shanahan's smart. He's gonna bring us up there to play Denver at Mile High in September because he knows we don't been beating ourselves up at training camp. Where Shanahan, if you were thirty and up, he took care of you. You didn't do two a days, but Shanahan was the coach that run around here in shells. Now I want you to be crisp, and I want you to know your assignment and get where you're going and work on your technique and knee bend. But I'm not gonna beat you up out here. Some coach, Vermeer was one of the last ones that was still practicing like that. Like these guys can't do none of that anymore. So we would play them and get beat up there, and then they would come to Kansas City in November when we were rolling, and we would usually beat them. Yeah, Shanahan was a good coach, too. Real good coach. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, he. but Shanahan was the one I tried to – he walked up to me. I forget one of them, that first or second year, when I when – I, because I went to meet with Shanahan. I went and met with him before I signed with uh, Kansas City. And he said, Willie, you have the biggest mistake, me not signing you. You know, I'm glad. You know, but you know what? I'm glad he didn't because the altitude and Denver had that long grass and it was, you know, you had to wear studs. I'm not a stud guy. San Francisco, you go out there and play the old candlestick, you got to put the studs on and you, you can't move around or long grass. Kansas City's cut real short, and I, it was, getting off that turf saved me because my back was already. I had to flex on my back all the time. I had back had a back surgery after I retired because I have yeah. spinal stenosis, but I always had a tight back. My dad had it too, but anyway, um, getting off that grass, but getting off that turf. But Kansas City was cut real short, and guys that played in regular grass weren't used to playing on it because the ground was harder. But for me, it was a fast track. 
and it was cut short so I could wear molds and I wouldn't slip around. I didn't want to wear cleats because it make me tight. And you got that long grass, so it wears you out. like gripping, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it wears it slows your, you down. It slows you down, and it wears your body out on the course of a game. So Kansas City was the perfect track for me running around because it's short, and it was a fast track, so I loved it. Now, like, what's the when, when you get hit and, you know, the like you're getting hit the whole entire game, when you're playing on turf, is that a lot worse to – Fall down on or get hit It was on. that old turf too. Because there's cement under there. Back that's then, all back then. It was it, it was, was a little it was a little pad sitting on cement, and and then in our division it was us Atlanta that had that old turf. Us Atlanta, uh, St. Louis had that turf, and then we played back then. It was the NFC West. Then we played the 49ers. So it was the 49ers. They, they had that turf too, right? No, they were on grass. They were on grass. They were yeah, candlestick. Yeah, yeah. yeah so candlestick. It, was, it was candlestick. Yeah. It was it was. Atlanta, Turf, St. Louis, everybody was Turf other than Candlestick. But when you play on it uh, as much as we did, now you can run fast on it, but you learn how, you learn how to fall on it. Yeah. You just I'm not going to be cut blocking a lot out there on it, no. Because right, it's just it's cement. But you learn how to play. But yeah, I had to flex all my back every week. Yeah. I would just be yeah. I do pregame and have to put flex all. I had to want my back would be tight. I had to go to chiropractor when I got older. Now my first three or four years, I'm like. Why are these guys getting these massages? Why are they going to the chiropractor? As I got in my late twenties, that's when I had to start doing the massage and the chiropractor, you know, especially. And then my whole my whole time in Kansas City was chiropractor, chiropractor, and uh, and uh, once a week, and then massages twice a week. I see. Did the chiropractor actually work, or do you think it was the massages? Both. Both. Well, your chiropractor helped loosen it up, but the massages was massage really with the right? yeah, yeah, really the deep tissue massages were great. And you were in the Pro Bowl every year. And Not all every pro year. Cal- you were up 13 times, right? uh, No, 11. Uh, 11 I missed, 11 I missed my rookie year, and I missed the year I got hurt. Yeah, 11-time Pro Bowl, 9-time All-Pro. 9-8-10, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not, not bad. I, that sounds <laughs> pretty bad. good. Yeah. And, and Hall of Famer. Yeah, right? you know. Okay. Yeah. So now, uh, what made you play for Kansas City? You, you kill it there. And then, uh, what was it, 06? You go and you tell Kansas City that you're planning on retiring, and they try to no, talk no, no, you out no. Of it? They wouldn't. Let me, they wouldn't let me retire. They tried to make, get me to come back. They wanted me to come back. Peterson wanted me to come back one more year, but in '05, uh, <laughs> another story. So in '05, we're banging, banging, banging. My back's bothering me, so I go in there and tell the trainer. I said, "Look, I need to sit down. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. Blah, 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 blah." But it's for me, he doesn't believe in that. So I go out the first game of the season. We, you know, we took – see, I didn't take a lot of – we took Toradol later in my career because, you, you know, you can mess your kidneys up taking all that. You take the anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. especially if you have a acute uh, hematoma or bruise, you take the Indocin, the Vioxx back then. We took all that stuff. But I didn't want to take that during the week as much. I would take Tylenol or whatever and then take the pain pills – or the, or the innocent, if I, unless I'm really dinged up, I take it. And uh, we took the shots the last four years. Well, I was dinged up in 05. My body was banged up. Really, 04, I, I could feel it because I didn't miss a game. 02, 03, 04, none of us missed a game on the front line. Wow. Except, and John left. John got paid. John was, if you want to say the worst out of the group, he got the money because he was – the one whose contract was up, but he was the worst one out of the five of us who got paid <laughs> to go to Chicago. So the rest, the, the other four of us didn't miss a game for three years. 
We didn't miss one game. Damn. So anyway, so I'm a. Uh, I'm telling him like, man, my back something's like off. So we get out there. We play uh, play the Jets. I pull it out. We scored a touchdown on a ninety truck or something. The next time doing the game, I pull out again. Bam! We scored another touchdown. Boom! Pop my hamstring. Yeah. But it was really my back. So then, so then I come. Wait, wait, I, so hold on. So you, you didn't actually pop your hamstring. I tore it. Yeah, I pulled yeah. it. Okay. So I pulled my hamstring. So I'm out. Mm-hmm. So I missed three games. I, but I told him during training camp, I need to sit down because I'm not. I'm banged up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling good. They didn't set me down. So then that was that was Vermeil's last year. So I missed three games. I come back. I played three games. We played somebody. Then we had to go play Miami on a Friday because the hurricane was coming. I played Jason Taylor. Okay. He's pointing at his ankle, and I'm pointing at my hamstring. I'm like, shit, I'm hurt too. We beat them. Well, the next week we go from Miami to flying all the way out to the Chargers, and I got to go against Sean Merriman. Oh. So he lined up real wide while I'm playing Merriman. I messed my hamstring up again. So that time it was, it was when you tell your hamstring – it's burning. You feel it when you're not doing anything. When you pull it, if you try to run, you feel it. Well, when you really hurt your hamstring, you feel it when you when, you don't have to be doing anything. Like you'll you just be sitting here right and now. You can, can feel, feel your ham- yeah, yeah. That's when it works. So, I hurt my hamstring again. I miss another three games. So then I come back and uh, late in the year, I had a cut on my uh, I had. I think I got in a car. I I, I, ding, I hit my car or something. I had a little cut on my knee, and I used to wear the knee sleeve. Well, I had I started shaking and shivering. This was this was a so it was a, I'll tell you what happened. It was a Saturday. We we're going in. We got to play Denver the next day. Mm. So I come in on that Saturday. I'm like my groin swollen up. Something's wrong, and I'm shaking. And I'm like something's going on. Well, I got a staph infection. I got oh, something going on. Shit. So this is, they send the doctor over my house on a Saturday before the game and to give me something. And I had a steam room in my house. I had a steam, a little steam shower in, down in the basement. I sat in the steam room and it was a three o'clock game, which was good for me. So whatever little infection I had, I was able to shake it off a little bit. But so I come the next day and I'm like, you know, I feel a little better. It's Sunday. It's game day. Hell, I got to go. So I go play. We win the game. So I'm, I'm telling you this to say I put my body through a lot that year. And see, what happens is when you're taking these anti-inflammatories and you're getting these massages and you're taking the Toradol every Sunday for the game, as soon as the season's over, you cut all that stuff cold turkey. So when I go back to California, my body's like, what the hell – What's going on here? Because I've been doing all this stuff to play football. Right. Then I'm not taking. Then when you stop playing, you're not taking all the pills and they're doing this and they're doing that. How'd that feel? Didn't feel good <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'm 35 years yeah. old, turning 36, and I'm like, Dang. and and then I was I was trying to start running some, and I kept tweaking my hamstring. It kept bo- it was bothering me over still. and over again. Well, I'm saying that yeah. off season, I was trying to gear up and say, and and I'm sorry, you know. I played Freeney. I got at them a couple of times. I played uh, Human Yard. I played Ware. I played all these guys. I played good against them. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go out there 
and co- the next year and collect the check and let these guys run around or, or be half at I, I couldn't do it because mm-hmm. I saw pace. I, Walter hurt his knee the last year. I saw, you know, even I, some of these guys getting after these guys some. I was going downhill kind of, right? Is that what, like, like you're saying, like everybody was get, getting hurt? Well, everybody, I saw them play a little bit, and they were getting beat. Yeah. I got after these guys for the most part. I couldn't – My pro, I wasn't going to get out there. I wasn't going to try to go back and play the next year if in my mind, uh, you know, I couldn't – I didn't think I was going to be ready to go. Right. It's, you know, you, you when you play pro sports and you get to the level I was at, it, it, you might be in the offseason, but it's never out of – you're always thinking about – I got to get ready. I got to play these guys next year. For instance, in 97 was the worst year of my career. I got too big. I was smoking too much, you know, sticky and bong and doing stuff. And in and, and the offseason, I did too much of some of that stuff. And uh, I got heavy. And Chuck whooped my butt in 97. And then, uh, you know, I finished the year off and I didn't miss a game, whatever. But that offseason, I went to Duke, leaned up, took care of myself. I said, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm ready to play. I'm not going to take it for granted because we have been losing. So I'm all pro 94-95. Moore walked out on us in the middle of the season in 96. We get Dicker. You know, I'm, I'm upset. I'm depressed. You know, we're losing. We're 3-13. We're losing. I'm tired of losing. I'm, I'm going to the pro bowl, but we're losing every year. So I said, look, I'm going to make sure I take this serious. And I'm gonna, you, you get to a point, pro football players get to a point where you got to make a decision. Do I want to be a pro or am I going to? goof around and fade away. You know what I mean? You right. have to make that decision at some point in your career. So, you know, I played on some bad teams. And uh, before I got went to Kansas City, I paid for myself to go to Duke and get MRIs because I was coming off that ACL. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I wanted to know. And then I was running and training. So I I had to gear up to know that my body was going to be ready to go in 2 like it had gone before because – I had went through that injury, so I had to push myself when I was really getting ready for training camp to mentally know I'm, I'm ready be, to go. Like I'm Willie. I'm, I'm, I'm Willie Willie. I'm, I'm not half ass Willie. I'm not half ass Willie. So yeah. so you get so when I missed those games, I went through the stuff that happened to me in New Orleans. Now I went through this crap with them doctors in Kansas City, so I'm pissed because they didn't sit me down. So and then and then they fired Vermeil, then they got her. Well, the problem with Hearn was we had just played him for the Jets, and we ran through. They weren't ready to play the year before the first game of the season. We beat them in the first half of the game. You done hired him as a head. Now, Hearn was real. A player didn't work you hard, didn't co- practice, didn't – he wasn't like that. But, uh, you know, we done switch, we done changed over a new regime, and I'm like – Right in the middle, right? No, no, no. That was before my last year. Before your last year. Before before 2006 season. Vern sounds like Mike D'Antoni, like we were talking about, where he'll just Herm play it to, Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean – Vermeil. Vermeil. Vermeil was – Vermeil coached my line coach, PDP role with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been – back yeah. – and you're talking about the 80s. They used to be at training camp for two or three months doing this yeah. stuff. Now, they might have 100 guys out there, yeah. but they used to be out there banging and guys working working jobs and all season. It was bad. You know, you – but I mean, you you really didn't have say. One no free agency back then. You didn't have any say so. You couldn't go anywhere. So you know they they went through. So what I'm saying is, you know, I did I walk away from some money. I walked away from some money that I would have liked to have that last year it was guaranteed. But I couldn't. I couldn't do it. See, I respect that because you weren't willing, right? 
you walked away from the money because you wouldn't have been Willie. I don't know if I would have been Willie or not. I didn't think I would have been Willie. And that's enough. And I respect that because yeah, yeah, because you wanted to go with your legacy. Yeah, and you built an awesome legacy. So now what? You come back and you're half Willie. I made all. I made first team All Pro my last year. So I'm I'm 35. So the fans voted me the most valuable player with Tony Gonzalez and all these guys at 35. Yeah, you had some competition there, boy. No, I'm saying I got. I still got voted. You know, by the fans. Because they saw what happened when I wasn't in the lineup. So, you know, they appreciated me. So, I, hey, I walk away with them wanting more without without them. And the back, I had a five-level laminectomy, you know, in 13. So, if I had played one more year, what damage would that have more have done it in my body? Because, to be honest with you, from, from 05, you know, with the cellulitis and different stuff I've been dealing with, from the time I retired, and really, after I got married in 13, my body is running again, but my body was kind of going through some stuff from all the, I mean. Everything was like catching up in a I'm way. I'm just saying, when you put your body through that football trauma, mm-hmm. it's going to do something to you. Just like, just like, for instance, Drew Brees last year. Yeah. When you got a punctured lung and all that stuff he went through, and you saw when he came back, he didn't look near as big as he was or as, as tight. You're forty. You're forty-one, forty-two years old. Those blows don't go away. You're gonna feel that down the road. He's gonna feel it. It's it's football. You know, Brett Favre. You know, so those blows and those injuries guys get. Yeah. You feel it. And uh, uh, what the one who he went to Denver. I don't know why I can't think of his name. He hurt his neck real bad, and he came back and he was pretty good. Um, no, no, he went to uh, he went to Denver. He hurt his neck. He got neck surgery. Hit the other. His brother played for New York Giants, quarterback. There's Eli Man- oh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah, he hurt his neck pretty bad, and he came back pretty good. Yeah, but, uh, well, I'm gonna tell you, st- and I'm gonna tell you a story. 2007, the Giants tried to come get me, called my agent, and they tried to get Al Wilson, the linebacker that was real good for the Broncos. Al hurt his neck in Denver; he couldn't come back. And I and I and I thought about, and I felt a little better. But I said, you know, they would have got pissed off at me. And, you know, they won the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. And I just – I said, no, nah, I can't do it. You know, I wasn't going to come back. But they tried to get me after, you know, I set out for a year. The Giants had tried to make a call and see if I still wanted to come and play. And you said no. I couldn't – you know, I now just – You weren't – again, you weren't Willie. You might you, not have been it, the you Willie. Know, you know, I had checked out mentally too. Yeah. For, so, for – you know, the physical part is hard enough, but – for Tom, for anybody that plays pro sports, especially football, and you able to do that for, I was in it. I was in it thirteen years. These guys that are fifteen, sixteen, eighteen, Tom Brady in his forties like this. I mean, you really gotta be mentally tough to. Do. I mean, it's you gotta. It's you know you gotta deal with your body. You gotta deal with getting out there playing. You gotta deal with having a bad game. Everybody talking about you. Can you bounce back? Remember when Tom had the bad stretch, yep. or when he when he had the thought it was it was fourth down. He thought he had another down. I mean, you gotta. It's it's tough, man. Yeah. So what you're saying basically is in the pros, it's not just physical. It's the mental, the physical, the family, the travel. Now you got social media. You got all this. You got all. Yeah. You traveling. The the travel really gets you. That that kills you, right? Eventually, yeah. How many years do you think Tom Brady's got left? You know, I don't at, know. At this level. I, see, the problem with Tom, right now, you know, he had that he had that knee, whatever that knee procedure, and it was still, he was still, whatever he's dealing with, and you know that knee procedure's probably 
a knee procedure on the knee he tore the ACL on. Mm-hmm. It's probably that same knee. See, he's got to understand all this. So when I came off the ACL and I kept playing, I would I would uh, wear the sleeve and everything. But after after every game, my knee would be real stiff. It'd be real stiff. Every it would get stiffer and stiffer because I was you. you I came back and I played, but you still tore the ACL and you're still playing pro sports. You're still gonna feel it. So I don't care if he's playing quarterback. He's still. He's it's, it's, that it's, more and more. It's like, here, it's, like right? it's, it's 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 your knee. It's like a, it's like you got a, uh, you know, the tire. You got the, you got your brakes. You got your brake pads and all that stuff. You're still, drumming stuff up in there. You're still running around. So you still got to live with that knee when you when he's done playing football. Yeah. You I see got, my point? Yeah, I see it. I see it. I, I think maybe two more years. I think maybe two. Maybe, maybe. two. Depending on that. Depending how they do this year, if, yeah. let's say let's say he goes out there and they had a tough year this year, or he he in the same, maybe he walks. But I say two. I think he wants to try to get one more. But I, I, I like I, I agree with you. Maybe two more, and I think you know I think that's stretching it. Yeah, I think so. You think he'll get another one next year? Would you put your money on it? It's hard in the NFL. It's gonna uh, I, it's it's gonna be good in the division because you got the Saints who got another quarterback that you know you got. Carolina, who doesn't have a quarterback, and you got who, who else? You got Atlanta. So yeah, I think he, he got a chance to make a run. It's hard to win another Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Even though they got everybody back, they got they got they got they're loaded. And um, what's his name? He's still there. Is his main guy? Uh, I always forget it. The Gronk. front front Gronk. Gronk's Gronk. trying to yeah. win. So basically, though, so this is what I would say about Brady. If Gronk and all them guys. They sign one year deals. If they if they split up and a lot of them guys retire, then he needs to walk. Yeah, he better walk. If Gronk and, and, and Antonio leaves or whatever the case may be, he better because they brought everybody back back mm-hmm. for this run. After this year, if if guys start walking, it's time for him to walk, go away. You know, Rob doesn't think that Tom Brady's the goat. Huh? Rob doesn't think that Tom oh, Brady's the goat. He's the goat. Who do you think's the goat, Rob? I still like Montana, but I'm an Eagles fan, so. Montana, Montana got four. He's four and zero. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw's four and zero. But it, it, for Tom to do what he's done for this, I'm, I'm telling you, man, to do it this long, in 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 this time, we're not talking about back when Johnny U was playing and all those guys. Yeah. We're talking about two thousand and what he's able to do in the, since two since for the last. Twenty years, yeah, and, and then go to the a, a whole new offense, a whole mm-hmm. new team, whole new offense. So you, you know, do you believe in? The, my question is then: Do you believe in the spy gate and the the uh, flate gate? Do you think that has That's anything that? Re- I do, I do, I do, I do believe that when those teams were going to play for the Super Bowl and practicing at some of these fields, they might have been looking at. I do believe that. I believe that they any edge they can get to win, that they will take it. So I do believe that. That's that's why, which was which was not smart. Kansas City didn't even go up there and practice. How are you gonna go play in Super Bowl? You don't arrive till Friday night. You tell me. But, but <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. But when but when when uh, when Andy Reid's son got in that trouble, I knew they were in trouble. Yeah, it was it was it was bad too. Bad, and that line was—I mean—that game was terrible. Yeah, he was getting crushed. Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes I don't know. I don't know how he got man. up after at the the fourth quarter. Remember when they flipped him mm-hmm. and hit him? I thought he was out. When suing them hit, yeah, that's, that's a tough young man. That, that was a tough hit. Yeah, Oof. yeah. You think Mahomes is the next? Like, who's the Brady retires? Right? Who's that next 
quarterback that's going to be at least a chance to be there uh, in the top. To get close to that, Mahomes would be the guy if, if he he's got to win. He's, he's got to win three or four rings. If he rings three or four rings, I don't think anybody will win. How many Brady got? Seven. Nobody will get close right. to that. How many he got? Seven. He got seven, I think. He's seven and three. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, seven to three. Yeah. He's seven to three, man. Yeah, he's been there ten times. Yeah, ten. Ten. That's half his career, basically. Been in the Super Bowl ten. I mean, come on, man. Now, how has the game changed now since you played? Well, they take better care of the players. The, the, I mean, the guys don't hit and bang. I mean, if if guys could play now, I mean, some of these guys would play 15, 16 years. I mean, I, I think we were more durable, you know, physically. You know, bodies were more durable than guys are now. But I just think, uh, you know, they don't pass the ball. I mean, they don't run it as much. A lot of them, they dink and dump it for running, you know. And you know, but you still, but you still got to run. The good team still got to run the football and play football. Yeah, because you can't pass the whole game. Yeah, but you, you know how they run. try to run. Yeah. They try to pass it for five, four or five. But you know, it's still football. I, I, I think the, I think back when I was playing, if I lined up against a D lineman. You pretty much were going against them all day, you know. The, uh, the offense, defense, linemen—they have so many different packages now, and guys don't play like they used to. It was—it was different. And back then, especially the '90s, the '90s were the glory years in football and basketball. I think because you had a bunch of all-time greats playing in the '90s. Yeah, you know? '80s too. But in the '90s, you had, you know, Reggie and Kevin and DT and. I think Charles 90s Haley. Was the error. In '90s, I mean, it was it was that was it was it was uh that was uh it was that was some real good football, man. I'm, it was uh so for me to be to for me to achieve what I did, and most of it was in the '90s. Those were some good players. That's what San Robbins. I mean, this guy's in the Hall of Fame when he was going against the best of the best. They're they're not like that now. I, I don't I no, don't care what anybody says. No. It's not the same. The competition that you went up against and what they allowed to go on. You know, they mm-hmm. they got more rules now and everything mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. when you watch. When you played, there weren't all these protective rules or whatever you want to call it. So it was more of a beating on you. And for you to, to accomplish what you did when the game was played the way you played. I mean, well, man, that's you, amazing. you couldn't hand slap and do all that. I mean, it's still, it's still football. You still got to play football. No, you can't. You know, it was a little dirtier back then. Yeah, but your competition was crazy. Man. The the level of competition and the guy and the and the all pro guys, the Hall of Fame type players. It was a lot of guys that came through then. There were some all time all time greats in that time too. So, I mean, it you know it's you know like you say you got J J Watts you know who's been banged up the last couple of years, who you could look at and say is all time. But I mean, think about it. How many guys are you looking at just? On the offensive defense line that you were saying, just a, a stud. I mean, Trent Williams is good. I don't think he's that good. He's, I don't think he's, he's that okay. Good. He had made all pro maybe yeah. one time. You know, he's good. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, he's good, but he's not. No. Nah. What about nah. Jason Peters? Jason Peters was real good. Yeah, he's real good. You know, I mean, he's a nine. Yeah, Peters is a nine-time Pro Bowler, and he went to Arkansas, didn't he? And they moved him. Yeah, he's he's a good, real good. I mean. Would he have been? A, he would have been. He, he would have been good. I think Jason Peters would have been good in our day. Now, would he have gone to the Pro Bowl all those times? I don't know, but he would have been real good. I mean, you got. We had what happened with. See, me? I don't think he would have went to the Pro because your competition was so crazy. Well, what happened what helped me too was, Tournay went with me one year. Eric Williams got in that car accident. Oh, Eric yeah. was the man, and then Eric got in that car accident. 
and so I was going a lot. And then, I, then I, then once you get, then once you get your name in there, you know, you pretty much go. Like, you know, like I said, I had a rough in '97. I still went, but you had me. You had a uh, and in one year. Then you had uh, all them cowboy guys going. Oh, that's right. You had yeah. Nate Newton, Stepnowski, yeah. Larry Allen. Yeah. So you had a bunch of Cowboys going every year, do you know? Yeah. Did you, did you ever line up against Reggie? Reggie White? My rookie year. What was that like? Uh, you know what? I played pretty good against Reggie. What happened was Reggie Reggie was the guy that moved around, but Reggie Reggie wasn't quick. They didn't run games with Reggie. Reggie was coming up and he was hump moving you. So Reggie didn't so I, I short set him most of the time because I knew he wasn't gonna run a lot of games. So Reggie gave me a lot of praise. After my after I played in my rookie year, because Reggie was real strong and I was real strong, but you but were quick. I was quick and strong, but I'm saying I'm I was Reggie was unnaturally strong. He would hump. Remember, he was a strong <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, Jumpy Gathers would do that too. Yeah. From the inside, but Reggie would come up and hump these guys and just throw them out of the way. Reggie was <laughs> Reggie not, was unnaturally strong. Who, who was the coach then? Ah, uh, he he was funny as hell. The coach for the Eagles then. Richie. Buddy Ryan, Buddy, Buddy Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, Buddy he Ryan. was funny. He was a funny dude. Yeah, they were. Reggie was a. Uh, Reggie was a special guy on and off field, but 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 Reg, I paid Reggie when he got the big money, when he went to Green Bay yeah. in '93. Yeah, he, he got a hell of a contract on that yeah. one, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, b- b- big question for you. So now it's all about this, like helmet to helmet concussion, blah 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 blah. And what I don't understand is like I. I, I had a guy in that um, it was like Joe Namath and everybody, and he's perfectly fine. Why do you think now all of a sudden it's this big deal of, you know, I have concussion, I have PSD, I have this from football. Well, where the hell was – nobody said anything about that when, you know, they had the one-bar helmets and, you know, they're getting cracked. Nobody said anything. Why do you think now it's such this concussion? Well, they, well they, or, I think they had – you just didn't hear about it as much. Guys weren't – they were just living or – you know, you got you know. Um, so like they were kind of just dealing with it. Well, and it they wasn't did, well, some of them were not. Well, you got one guy that should be in the hall, and I didn't really know that much about him because I was researching Kansas City, but uh, he he had some bad business stuff, and he ended up, you know, killing his wife and killed himself. Jim Tyra from the Chiefs, seventy seven, was on the Super Bowl team. He's like a nine time All NFL player, but he's not in the hall. But he's in the Ring of Honor because. He killed his wife. I mean, you know, you have guys. You had guys with issues. Just, you know, look at Steve Michaels now. Well, he wrestled after he finished, but he's got ALS yeah. Yeah. and he's paralyzed with it from the neck down. So it's serious. I just, you know, for me, we're in the trenches. I'm using my hands. I'm I'm dropping back for pass protection. Oh, when I come, I'm exploding with you with my arm. Now, if I want to hit you and butt you a little bit, I can do it sometimes. But I can kind of, as a lineman, you can kind of control how you want to use your head. If you don't want to use your head as much, then you use your hands and keep your head out of there. So it's a little different. Now, linebackers, safeties, running backs, receivers. They're taking heads. So as far as a lineman, you can make it more body physical. You can make it more body physical, yeah. And when you're a receiver or running back or or quarterback, you're going to get hit. I'm going to tell you, the the craziest guys I played with are fullbacks, though. Fullbacks and linebackers. You got to understand. Lorenzo Neal, Tony Richardson, two of the best they ever played in the game. When they come in the game, their job is to, for the most part is to find that linebacker here, a middle or over here, and I'm going boom. And I'm that's their job. They're coming in to go full speed to run into that linebacker. 
Who who is the best uh, running back that you played against? Running back or fullback? What against? Against. Against all around running back. Barry, 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 or Barry or Marshall. Oh yeah, Marshall. Because Marshall was kind of like Marshall could do more than Barry. Marshall, Marshall was one of the first backs to come out of the backfield and come up the slot, like Ronnie Harmon used to do with 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 San Diego. Marshall could beat you with this. He wasn't fast; he was quick. But Marshall would come out the backfield and run routes. Yes, and Sanders was just quick as hell. But Sanders was just you know, and we we played pretty good against him, but. Sanders was shaking, baking, then trying to find a find a gap, find a hole, yeah. find a hole. But he just Marshall, you know, Emma was good, but but Marshall, yeah, Marshall, Smith. Marshall yeah. could do it all though. That's what made Marshall so good because Marshall could you could you could line him up at receiver. I forgot about the Cowboys. You got Emma Smith there. You had Emmitt, Aikman. You had Emmitt. We had Terrell Davis. You had uh, played against some. They good were ones. tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You played against the best of the best. Yeah, we saw, I saw them. I saw all them guys play. Go ahead. Who was the uh, who was the pain in your side guy you played against and you just God you hated it when you had well you know just just the talking and stuff was I was Atlanta Chuck Smith you know he had had a game against me mm-hmm. you know it was you know guys that were guys that gave me problems were guys that had power guys that wanted to dance like DT or Freeney and try to run around me I want that a guy that I knew was gonna bull me like Rucker or, or Merriman. Or, or real long arms. Yeah. Sean Jones had them long arms. Yeah, remember Sean Jones? You remember Sean Jones? Yeah, look him up. He he had long, long arms. Tim Harris. Tim Harris. Tim Harris from the 49ers. Had, yeah. He had hands like this, too. Yeah. So he had guys, Michael Jordan hands, right? I'm saying, I got long arms. So if, if I'm outstretching, I got a guy that's got his hand on the back of my pad. I'm like, psychologically, that's going to do something to you. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so Harris. guys, yeah, real Sean good. Jones. Real good player. Yeah. That's him. He was yeah, he's underrated. He, he 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 was a Super Bowl champ with the with the Green Bay. With uh, uh that's the team that uh Doug Evans is on. Yeah, you could see him right there in the ninety six. You, you can see, see how long his arm. Well he he started with Houston. He started with Houston in, in back in the day. You see how big long. Yeah. Long athletic, big guy. He looks thin though. He don't look that big. Yeah, he was lean, but I'm saying strong though. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But just long. Man. He just knew, you know, he knew how to pass for us. You know, J- Jason Taylor was good. Uh, you know, just uh, but Tim Harris too. Tim Harris, I mean, he gave me fit some of the time. Uh, Dolman, Dolman, who I went in the hall with. Yeah. Oh shit, good man. Karate. That's when they were doing all that karate. Stuff. It was man. It was. Yeah, you, you like again. You play. You played against the the toughest. And now, yeah. and now you got it. You know. I don't know. There's so many rules now. What do you think about the rules that they got now? You know where you you can't hit. I guess it's a good thing. There's too many rules. It's too, I don't care about the rules. Just get the calls right. You know, they screwed the Saints. The Saints should, be, should have been in the Super Bowl if they had made that call. You. I agree with you 100%. But, but so the, ref, the ref was from L.A. or whatever the case may be. You can't do that. You can't have a, you can't have a playoff game and have a ref that's from a city with a team that's just trying to make it to the Super Bowl. You need to have a neutral ref. So if you have teams in the playoffs that are playing, uh, whoever they're playing, it shouldn't be any ref that's from that area that might be cheering for that team because they live there. Right. So it needs to be a neutral ref. Now, why Now why? Why would they allow that to happen? I don't the know. Just, they they, they yeah. messed up. You can't. 
the ref, you can't have a ref from California calling the game when, the ref, when they're playing the insane. game. That's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. Because they just didn't make the call. Yeah. And, well, that was the game changer right there. That was it. You know. Drew I mean, might have had another ring. He may have. I yeah. think it, would, it definitely would have been a better game, right? Yeah, would have been a better game. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Whew. So, now, what was it like to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Great, man. Uh you know, when you go in the hall, your family's going in. Yeah. My dad, my, my DeRolf name. So my dad being there to enshrine me and everything. I like that. I love it, that. it was it was my dad, it was it was great, man. It was just uh it was a journey, man. Like you said, uh you go through you go through the whole process of it's like it's like now going to the gym, finding stuff to keep busy. Cause when you when you go to college and I'm playing, then I make it to the pros. And you, once you make it to the Hall of Fame, it's, you know, in sports, that's the, the that's the the, that's the marquee, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You know, so it's just a lot. It was a lot of fun, and it was, like like I said, for me being a kid from Pine Bluff, country boy, never hardly recruited to get into the hall to doing everything I was able to do, going to the Pro Bowl. Every year in Hawaii, we were probably about ten deep. My dad, mom, a couple of my homeboys, friends, so awesome. sisters. So wow, awesome. oh, we had a blast, man. It was, it was, man. It was a lot of fun. You know, like I said, I went to the Hula Bowl coming out of college, so it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, when I got hurt and went to Kansas City, it was about business. So when I got to Kansas City, I was, it was business. I was going good. I, I was yeah. going. You know, I had. The kids, I had to feed the kids. I was going yeah. through a divorce. I was gotta get yours. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get set up for life after football. So yeah, yeah I came. I was there. I was living in California. It was about taking care of business. So I was happy. I was able to go to Kansas City and play well. And you know that first ballot. You know they put Ed Sable in, but you know Shannon got in. He had waited a few years, and Dion and Marshall. Because Dion had came back and played a year up in That's Baltimore. Right. Yeah. And then Dion and Marshall, you yeah. know, got in on that first ballot. So, you know, hey, you know, Shannon deserved – to me, Shannon Sharp is one of the greatest tight ends to do it because he did it. He did it for Denver. And, I, and when he did it for Baltimore, he was their number one receiver almost. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And then, what, two years later, then you were inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. You would think it would be the other way around that you would have got college first and then NFL. Yeah, and I'm, you know, like you said, another another great story coming from, you know, we had all Americans, but they were Division Two All Americans. So for me, for us to be an independent and me to be an All American at La Tech from an independent five or six team, I mean, that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not like you were playing for like Alabama. Yeah, you know, yeah you're, you're exactly. playing for. I mean, let's just call it the way it is. But I played against Alabama. I played against the top right. the studs in college. Like so. you played against the top, but I mean, that school isn't like you know. Yeah, but to, because I played so well against Alabama in my senior year that, you but know, for you to achieve that from coming from that school, I think is extremely impressive. Is is what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, so for me, I, for me, I look on it and I say, man, I had a heck of a run. I had a lot of fun. We did a lot of kicking it in the '90s. I had a lot of fun running around, and uh, it was some good times, man. It was really good times. But you got to mature, and you got to. Yeah, I'm 51 years old now, so you know what I'm saying. I, you look 36. Uh, I'm 51. <laughs> so when, when you guy got when you have a guy sitting across from you that is uh, six foot five and wears a size 17 or 15, you're 22 if you want to be. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But no, man, it was. No, I was just about to be. I love the hall, man. It was. Uh, you get around those guys, and you just you just soak up the knowledge. I mean, Jim Brown, you got Dick Buckets. I'm looking over here. I got 
you Tim know, Brown, Fred Blinistikoff, I got, I'm sitting at the table with, uh, you know, uh, Roger Starback. I'm sitting at the, ta- you know, I'm sitting at the t- table with all these guys and I'm friends with them. I go sign with them. I get to hang out with them. The sad thing about it is I also watch, a, I see how precious life is because I see a lot of them, especially last year, a lot of them go. Yeah. Three from my, think about it. We lost Dolman, got brain cancer. We lost him. We lost Cortez was diabetic, and we yeah, lost we I lost remember. Cortez at forty eight up in Orlando. Yeah, and we lost uh, uh, Jack, Jack Butler was older when he got in the hall, so the next year he was gone. You know what I mean? He was older when they put him in. I, I have a problem with them putting guys in the hall and then, oh, they're die, they're dead, or they let them enjoy it a few years, put them in, let them yeah enjoy right. it a couple of years or post. You know, you know, but you know, you see. Floyd Little, you know, he was our – when I got – when I made the Hall, he was the guy that was – me and my dad flew to Indiana for the Super Bowl, the, the one that – one of the ones that the Giants beat uh, beat uh, Tom. But, uh, you know, he, he was such a class act, man. And you see these guys get sick. And, you know, we get the emails. We know when guys are getting sick and getting bad. So, you know, Kevin, boom, we lost Kevin Green like that. You know, so it's – uh. You know, you just, you know, you you can when you when you get in a fraternity like that, you understand how fragile life is and how precious it is to enjoy the days you got. Especially, it opens up your eyes, right? Yeah, especially with everything we got going on now with this COVID stuff, man. It's it's been crazy, man. I like what you said, though. I like that you said that the Hall of Fame was like a, for your family. You know, like like getting in there was very important because it's a legacy for your family. Yeah, I like that. So I, now, I, I, I really respect that you said. Now that. I got to watch what I do and carry my. And you made I don't want to. You screw made a name up. for it. You made a name for. Yeah, your I don't want to screw that. You know, you yeah. don't. You you don't want to screw it up. Nothing against the juice, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. You got. I have an obligation. I'm part of that. The the, the shield. Likes good press and likes, they still watch, even, you know, what you're doing at the football, they still want to see positive stuff coming from there. You want to keep your legacy positive. Exactly. You know, you know and, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. because you, your children are going to live through that, yeah. you know, and you yeah. pass on. That's awesome, man. See, not you a lot of people to. say that, though, but, but that, you that's gotta, really cool, man. You really got to think. I mean, it's bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine. Can you imagine meeting Jim Brown? Whew. I mean, that's... Just Jim to see Brown. Jim Brown, I see him walking around, and you know, you know who's down in the area a lot. I don't know if you've seen him, but here goes the one uh, uh, restaurant. I think it's in Tequesta. Is uh, LT? Oh yeah, LT. Yeah. yeah, well, I know LT because LT runs. Ricky, Ricky's from Pahokee, yeah. and Ricky runs. Come when he comes down, he runs with LT. You know, LT still playing all the golfers though. He goes over there and plays That's with Jordan it. in there. Oh yeah. yeah, he's over there with Jordan in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you were saying before we we went live, Jordan plays thirty six holes, or he wanted to play thirty six. That's holes what I heard. PGA. He played. No, 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 no. He he was playing he, at the, the Bears, Bears Club. Club. Yeah, Bears but Club, he was yeah. going around people. But when I saw him, <laughs> when I went over there and met, with, saw Rick. Ricky invited me over. They were in the second round at at uh, Floridian over there in Palm City. This is before his own course was done. I give him props because I don't know how you can play 36 holes of golf. With a, cigar, with a cigar in your mouth. The, the whole entire time. time. It's crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> man. It's really crazy. Unreal. Unreal. Um, so what do you see as the main issue with youth football right now? Like if you take a look at, at youth football, what what issue do you see other than them giving everybody a trophy when they don't win? But it, you got to make sure you train right before you play. 
I don't know if you can train kids right. I started playing in the fourth grade. We got trained pretty good. But I just I wouldn't I if I I wouldn't want a kid to put pads on until they got seventh, eighth grade. I just yeah. don't you don't need to. You still got time. You know, too, too early to be getting hit at fourth. Yeah, grade, I mean, my grade. I was in the fourth grade. My brother was in the second grade. He was the smartest guy on the team. Damn, he was a safety, tiny. Wow, tough as nails though. He played all the way through high school. He could went to a small school, but so he took a, he had concussions. He took a lot of. He was a say. He took a lot of. He was the smallest. He's five nine, but he's stocky. But I'm saying he was the smallest guy out there. Guy, I man, he he was tough, but it's only so tough you can be. So you think that the, the issue is that they're starting too young and they're they're not weight. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not yeah. You don't need to put pads on. No. Yeah. It's, nah, it's, it's too young. Seventh, eighth grade, your okay. body's getting them more mature. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just, you're starting to fill out. You're starting to fill out, you know, and you don't need to be lifting all the weight. I, you know. Because you know, they'll push you like hell, you know, to lift all the weights. Yeah. And you're still growing at that time. And back when I was playing, it wasn't like a weight clause, so any, it didn't matter. Just how I was one of the bigger kids, you know, so it didn't matter. It's not, it wasn't a weight clause, it's just. How old are you? Yeah, yeah. You know? Now you retire, and then you go and you coach. You you coach. I coached one year at Santa Monica Junior College. Yeah, that was that fun. Or it was. It was all right. My my leg, you know, my my legs was bothering me a little bit, and my back. So I didn't, you know, I actually I coached a little bit before that. My friend who's coaching at at Colin had went from Pearl River to East Mississippi from last since you. So I went there one summer before that year. I was at I was at the year before I was at East Mississippi Junior College in Scuba, but, but when they first got there, you remember on on Netflix last time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was over there with Coach with them. My coach, my friend uh, William Jones was the D coordinator for Coach uh, Stevens and them. Why did you stop after one year? Just the, the, I just like, my body. I just didn't, you know I, I I needed to take care of other stuff and you know I, just, I was living in Orange County and I was at Santa Monica College, so I had to drive like. Oh. 40, 50 minutes. It's junior college football, too. So kids are showing up, not showing up. You know, I mean, a lot of. Lot yeah, they got. Fa- you know, they, they. I mean, it's it's different, man. Yeah, off- you were what? Offensive line coach. Yeah, I was yeah. assistant line coach. I wasn't a head line coach. Yeah. I, I was just. Cool seeing experience, how, though. Right? I was seeing how I liked it. Yeah. And yeah. I was having some issues with my. With the cellulitis and with my legs. So most of the games, I was set up by the press box. So I wasn't standing up on the sideline the whole time. So I said, you know, it's not, you know, it's just on the trial. And then you were telling me, because I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan, you were at the game when he popped his Achilles. I was at the game. I'm a huge Kobe fan, yeah. too. And my boys are like, and, and I'm. Well, I got him. I got the bobblehead. Yeah. And then I don't have that lit up at that But, moment. you know, I'm a real LeBron fan, but, you know, but uh, so, and, and, you know, I, I know people that didn't like him are glad he's with the Lakers now, but I'm a LeBron James guy, you know, and, and like I said, I was, a, I was a Lakers guy growing up. You know, back then it was the Celtics and. Yeah, and the Lakers, Lakers, it was it was, it was it was I was a Lakers guy, and then uh, then I, I kind of follow players in basketball. Then I was uh, Bulls in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I was a Bulls guy, and then uh, after the, after the Bulls run, uh, you know, then I then I've been kind of been a LeBron fan. Yeah. Well, what what did he just do that they were making a big spiel about? He said something. They're... He said something about that cop uh, that shot that girl that, that had the knife, and he yeah. said, "You're next or something," you know. You know, God, all the social media. That's the social media. The social. I'll tell you something, man. You know, I got a daughter and, and a stepdaughter and stuff. This, this social media man, is, is destroying this generation. You're man. absolutely. They, they, uh, 
they don't want to work. They just want to be on social media saying something, popping off. Everybody does. And they'll sit there four, five, six hours a day. Well, that's all they do. I, I can't. I hate it. I mean, I if, if you if you're not if you're not if you're not if you're not making money, then what? You know what I'm saying? I agree. With and, you. and 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 I was a. Uh, you know, and and I kind of got my social media. I had it up because some people would tell me if I'm doing an appearance and making some money, we want you to have social media so you can promote for us and say something. So, you know, after when all this stuff started happening, I shut mine down. I shut my Twitter down. I shut my Instagram down. I might pick it back up during the fall, but I kind of just, you know, I was on LinkedIn. I shut that down. So I kind of just shut all of it down. I'm cool with it for business. That, that's the only reason yeah. I haven't messed with it, business. Right. But I don't do that whole scroll through. I, I see these, these this generation now, you know, that are 20, 25. Yeah. And I can't even imagine the generation that's coming up. All this Facebook shit. My man. wife runs it. My wife runs was running into yeah. in Andre Reed's, my Instagram and and uh, and uh, Twitter. But so I didn't even run it. I don't even have it on my phone. But I do. I do like looking at TMZ and looking at the stories and yeah. stuff like that. Immediate take. Just look at the stories. But other than that, I'm not. I'm not on Instagram. Yeah, but you're looking at like the news. You know, what I'm I mean? looking at gossip yeah. and news. I do look at some of the. But I'm not. But I'm not on Instagram. Just looking at pictures of girls and. I, all lubed up and all. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't do all. And that. then they get on the Facebook, and then somebody says one thing, and then it's turned into another thing, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. all this drama stuff constantly. No, my wife has Facebook, and a lot of people from Pine Bluff are on Facebook, or her friends and my friends, just to keep up with what you're doing. Right. And you quote, you can put nice stuff on Facebook. The older, the older people, but you know, I, I'm talking when they're sitting there for four, five, six hours. Well, they don't want to do nothing else, and then they just sit on the couch. And now they're, they're they're throwing out checks to everybody, which yeah, is yeah. even more of an incentive to sit on the couch. Yeah, you know, which you and I are going to pay the taxes for them. Yeah, you know, which is just insane. well, if they can make money like the OnlyFans, if you can make money doing it, more power to you. But if you're not making money, like, yeah, you don't it. need to be just. If they, you're they making money, okay. They don't want to work. They don't want to do anything. That's the problem. That's the problem with this yeah. generation. Yeah. Uh, poor kids. I, I did find one Instagram. Um. No, that that was oh they this was a, the article that you had sent to me. Yeah, the article they just had uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, this was yesterday, and uh, oh yeah, that's right. I, f- I forgot to mention out of what was it three hundred and one uh, offensive line draft picks, you were the only one. No, three hundred and one offensive players. Off- okay, three hundred one offensive in the, players in the whole for the history of the Saints. You were the only one who made it to the Hall of Fame. Well, that's it, huh? Beast mode. Well, yeah, but then Willie, you got one. Willie, you got one. You got one that's gonna make it, but he wasn't drafted by the, you know, Drew Brees. And and the ironic thing was, Drew Brees was the quarterback when I got to Kansas City, who we with, with San Diego. And then there's there's some of your insane. Go back to his stats, man. He, fuck. See the first three years. See when I hurt my knee, the fourth year. See the missed three games. That's when I tore the MCL. I didn't miss a down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't miss a down. And then look, ninety eight. See. I missed one game. I told you. Wow. Yep. I told you I missed one one game in '98. Man, you're you're. And then man. and then I tore my ACL. See, I played seven games. That was what it. What that then, no too. What was the what was? Oh, two. See, I told you we didn't miss a game till till I tore my hamstring. Man, you're you. a strong what, man. What boy. was the better fan base? I don't want to say better. Oh man, it was. I, 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 indoors is Saints. Outdoors is Kansas City. It's great, but Kansas City is more of a. Uh, uh, a college type atmosphere, man. It's, it's special in Arrowhead. I love. I just love being out, you know. And that's the one thing you go from a dome team in the NFC to outdoors in the AFC. It's total different football. But I, I love playing outside. 
Look at that, Rob. 16, 16, 16, 13, 15, Especially 16. for an offensive lineman. Wow. You don't see that. These guys get nah, rolled up on. That. They're out. Nah, they, nah, they don't play. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of guys playing 200 games now. You Hell know what I'm saying? no. And, and remember, for people when they watch this, this is 93 to 05. They, the, the rules that they have now were not in place <laughs> back then. I, you know, Willie, yeah. <laughs> Willie was taking a beating. I, I don't, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, well, I feel it. Yeah, like I told you, I felt it out that I played. I could tell. You know, your body, I, I, you know, especially on the, in, the, in the trenches, you're going to feel this when you, if you play football like that many games, you're going to feel it when you're done. What do you think happened with um, Aaron Rodriguez? Do you think he, you know, uh, from Hernandez. Hernandez. I always mess up his name. Do you think it was from getting hit in the head too many times, or do you think it was just – I think it was that. I think it was – no, I think it was the PCP. Yeah, I agree. I think it was the drugs. I, it was, yeah, I think it was a concussion. I think it was the drug. He, he he was messing with that PCP. When you start doing that, man, you – It's all over. Yeah, it's over. Did you see – when when you were playing in the NFL, did you see a lot of a lot of drug use? Not like that, no. No? No. A lot of steroids, though, right? On the no, DL, you can't. You you came in. No, you really can't do it. By the time when, when I came in the league in '93, they're testing for steroids. You can't take steroids. I mean, you could take ephedrine and stuff when I first got in the league. Yeah. But now, if guys were doing anything, it would have to be HGH because they weren't doing blood stuff. Yeah. Steroids, you can't. No, they testing. So they would just hit the HGH and. Um... Well, I mean, you know, I mean, if you can get that, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a Roy guy, but. You really couldn't, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't, you couldn't take Royce. I mean, yeah. they can, they're gonna look at you and tell. I love that ephedrine. Then they banned it. Well, they banned the ephedrine. That's what I'm saying. We yeah. took, we took some. Ephedrine, I love that so. shit. I yeah, love that. Yeah, but you couldn't take. And then you did. You had the hydroxycut. Now we had the guy. Xanadrine RFA one. Hydroxycut. No, the one. Uh, what's it? Rip fuel. Now I remember we had a teammate took them rip fuel to take it before the game. Now, I I can't take rip fuel. I didn't like that because one. it makes you sweat too much. It would dehydrate me. But I know a guy that was taking it and he got it like a hole by his heart and lung because they were doing his stomach because he was taking popping them for the game. I mean, it's, it's, you can't you can't do that stuff. But you know, I, I was more you know if you want to do some of that stuff, it's gonna catch. Like I said, whatever you do catches up with you later. You saw the young man that liver disease one in his family, but he died at thirty. Died. Yeah. You know, what I mean, if you starting if you're doing steroids and you're doing taking Toradol and you're taking pain pills and you're taking this and that, it's going to do something to your body. You're going to mess your kidneys and your liver up or you're going to mess your heart up. Because you figure, you know, if they're doing that, they're taking the steroids. Yeah. Right, you're going from town to town. You're going out. Now you're going to drink on top of the steroids. You're drinking on top of that. Right, and no, whatever else. But, I mean, but, that, but, no, that you, will catch up to you. It, more the 70s, 80s. The beanie weenies, the yellow jackets. Yeah. You know, that yeah, was, that's Mike, <laughs> that's Mike, that's Mike, that's in the eighties, seven that's uh Mike Webster, yeah, you know, all them guys, Lala Zado, you know, by the by the time football you got to the early nineties, baseball they weren't testing, football they were testing by then. Wow. You couldn't do that. And then, you know, when I got to Kansas City, my first year, I got pulled over. I went to a little party and, and didn't know where I was going. I got a little DUI. So once you get a DUI, you're on the program two years. Once you're on the program two years, they pissing you every week. Every week they're pissing you. They once you on the NFL program, they, they I gotta call them in the off season. If I go to Newport, I gotta call them and I gotta say, "This Willie, I'm going to boom, 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 boom address." 
They they come to your house and piss you wherever you are. Remember Ricky Williams went out the country? Yeah. They're pissing they piss they got people all they Sounds piss, like probation. They piss you, they piss you, but this the NFL. They're coming to yeah. piss you anywhere in the country. So when they knock on your door, you have to give them a urine sample within that first within an hour. Yeah, so you're not gonna get away with it. No, you yeah. can't get away with it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. You can't. That's awesome. So now now that you're out of the league, do you like watching NFL better or college better? Good question. Probably a little more college. I like both. I like watching a good game. You know, even if I'm watching basketball and I used to flip through the NBA, I want to see if it's a blowout. I want to see a competitive game. I just don't. I don't want to see blowouts. I don't want to see. I want to see good fundamental football. I want to see running, passing, a mixture. I just don't want. You know, I, I'm just saying. I I like college football better for the most part, because they're trying so hard to get to the NFL. Yeah, they're trying hard to get to the NFL. So they're not already, you know, they didn't get that check yet. They don't have that fame, that notoriety. So they're all playing 100% doing their best. So and these, and these, and like these top colleges are like semi-pro football teams. These coaching staffs are good. The college football you're watching now, these guys, these are top flight. You know what I'm saying? These yeah. are It's very competitive. So you got some real good football yeah. I you like know. until the playoffs. I like well, I like watching college yeah. football. You know, because it's just everybody's trying so hard, and it's oh, not yeah. all about the money and the fame and, yeah. and that. You know, you just think, well, they're probably making a little money in college too. I, I mean, gonna, think, I was going to ask that. Do you think they should pay college they, athletes? Well, I think some of the schools they're making they're they're, they're not hurting for anything. Let's say that I don't know what they're getting, but you know these big colleges, you got to. I mean, come on, man. Just like these basketball boys. Yeah, you, know? you got. I mean, these these these. These college programs are, are making kind of similar to what some of these NFL teams are making a year. Yeah. I mean, these top college programs are making $150, $280 million in a year with the, the SEC schools. They get paid, man. And they're not giving anything to the players. I mean, well, they're not, well, giving, that they, oh, not know, on paper. On yeah. paper, yeah. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. but I'm sure the they coaches are, are making $10 million. Come on, man. You think these, I mean, if yeah. a guy needs a little cash, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I played I played for Louisiana Tech. If I needed, if I sometimes might get a little, you know, you get a little, get a little cash, something, you know. Yeah, and that, and that was 93. Yeah, that's in, no, that's in the 80s. Before that was in the 80s. Yeah. So imagine what they're doing now. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying. It wasn't, it wasn't making money like it is now. These TV contracts, come on, man. You got you get they, they, you got to take care of these guys. Before I let you get out of here, let's see what Floyd Way uh, Floyd Mayweather is going to make on this fight. Pull that up. What do you, what do you think? What, what, what do you think, Willie? What, what we if you telling me? If you're telling me ninety five percent of the purse? Yeah, I think he's got ninety five. Uh, and then uh, I, and let's say two million. Two million. If 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 what to call it did? What well, oh claims he will make upwards of a hundred. Yeah, because if if. A hundred million because if what you call it did one point five million views, Floyd and Logan Paul, that's the brother and that's the hot name right now. They do two million views and he's making it. Yo, he'll, he'll, he'll probably make a hundred million dollars. I agree with that. Uh, and then type in what what will uh, Logan Paul make on the fight? Well, if he's making a hundred and Logan's making five percent of that, then he's still gonna make five ten million. I would think. It's the same thing. How much will Paul? There we go. Well, thirty-five million. Thirty-five. I was wrong. Thirty-five. Sorry, sorry. Oh, thank you. Well, shit. I was wrong. That's more than five percent. Good for him. That is. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I I was completely. So that means the pot's going to be about a hundred and fifty, hundred and forty million. Oh yeah. 
Well, who's not gonna fight an exhibition for that? Yeah. For a hundred means? I get punched in the face. I ain't mad. I'm not mad at Floyd. They, they, you know, people like he don't need to be. Uh, why? They're gonna pay him. Why? Why, why not make it? Hating, hating on him. Oh, make that money. I got one more for you, Willie. That's it. You can go. Worst hmm. fan base in the NFL. Worst, like just degenerates. Just ugh, toughest, nastiest. Probably the team y'all, everybody talks about, the Raiders. Raiders, yeah. Raiders, Raiders in Oakland? Yeah. Uh, Whoa, man. What they used so, to call them? Um, what would they call them? The Black Hole. The Black Oh, man, it's tough, man. They uh, they got some rough rough people out there, man. I mean, I remember when I was living in California after I retired, when they would go play the Chargers. I mean, they would be fighting in the stands. It was bad, man. Yeah, they were nasty. Real bad. The 49ers got some tough ones, too, now. Yeah. Oh, uh, they got some total. Hey, they got some rough heads in the 49er fans, too, now. You know, not not like the Raiders, but you got some tough guys out there, man. He didn't say the Eagles, thank God. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, I, I really I didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't play the Eagles a lot. You know what? We played the Eagles in 93, went up there and played on that old carpet that one time. And I remember, what, what year was that when um, – who did the Eagles have? Was it Wendell Davis? He fell down and tore both his ACLs. Remember the receiver? He tore bo- on that old carpet up in Philly. He came down. Am I lying? He tore yeah. both his knees. How do you think that felt? <laughs> it didn't feel good. <laughs> we were two you got any more questions for him, Rob? I don't think so. Just uh, thanks for coming, Willie. Man, it's amazing. That, you know, man. being across from a Hall of Famer like you've been and the accomplishments, and you're so down to earth. Oh yeah, and you know, just normal guy cares about his family and just. Oh yeah, life. Right you know, life is good, man. You treat people how you want to be treated. You got to get closer. Every day we're getting closer to uh to that to that end. So you, hey, I wanna, I wanna be going to the right place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanna be going upstairs, not downstairs. So I'm and trying. you have all these accomplishments, and it's just like sitting next to you know just a normal guy. Like you yeah. let any of this shit get to your head, and I really respect that. Well, and again, we're doing. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. It, it doesn't get to your head while you're doing it. You no, get a little cocky right. and stuff, but, but eventually still, you're gonna get humbled. You right. know what I mean? Life will humble you. I'm saying now you're grounded. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and, yeah, you got to be. Yeah, you know. And you I know. think that's awesome. And again, I, I, I really think it's awesome that when you were inducted into the Hall of Fame, that you thought about this is the legacy for my family. That's yeah. what took me. I it, think that's it, awesome, man. Well, and you got to understand too. I'm a small college guy, so it wasn't like I came with. It'd be different. It'd be. I probably would be a different person. Or you have these guys that were all this, and then they get to college and they're all this and all that. So they've been. When you go from the small school and you have to grind, 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 then it, it's it's a little different way of thought process than I came out of high school, I'm an All-American, and I'm, boom, boom I'm here. I'm yeah. at Alabama, boom, I'm here. You know, you know, it's, you might be a little different person. A lot of them, a lot of them are nice guys that are linemen, you know, like Pace. Pace was like LeBron James. Pace was like the top player coming out of high school football. Then he went to Ohio State. Then he was the number one pick in the draft for Lyman. Then he's in the Hall of Fame. So for Pace, you know, he was the man all the way through be, becoming a Hall of Famer. So he's like the offensive line version of a guy that would have would have been an All-American and all this, where my story's different. I'm coming out of college, high school, I'm 220. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah, you, kinda, you had a lot tougher of a rope. I had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. and it was tough back then. You know, you had to. It was tough for tough for me because I was being a 
being a little bit of a knucklehead in school. <laughs> I'm dealing with that with my youngest daughter right now. You know, she's got a, she's real smart, but she's only took past six hours this last semester at LSU. So she thinks she knows it all. So she's got to go to summer school. She got a scholarship, but you know, she's kind of like her daddy. So, you know. <laughs> The the apple didn't fall too far from yeah, the tree, Yeah, but she's, right? no, she's a lot smaller than me, though, yeah. so she just didn't care. So, <laughs> so. But no, man, thank y'all for having me, man. And um, you know, like I got to ask you one more thing. Do uh, the Lakers win this year, the championship? It's going to be hard this year. With the, Who's going to beat them? Who's going to beat them? I don't see anybody beating them. Yeah, I don't think Brooklyn's ready. Um no, Brooklyn ain't ready. Sixers, um, Sixers. No, no, they're they're. Who, I mean, who is gonna? I mean, I don't. I, that, I, I don't know think, who wins the NBA this year. The ter- as the long reality. as Anthony Davis is healthy and LeBron's healthy, I don't see it. I don't know why they got rid of uh, Rondo though. I think that was a stupid move. I like Ron. I wouldn't have got rid of both the big guys. I would have kept the. Uh, why, why didn't Dwight you? Howard. Dwight Howard was playing his butt off. Yeah, I would have kept Dwight more yeah, than I, I don't. What's God's yeah, he, that was the best I seen him play. That's a yeah. shit and. Ten yeah. years. Yeah, but I, I just don't see Dwight. anybody beating them, Willie. I mean, uh, it's the NBA, man. I, you know, I, 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 I really haven't been watching it like that. I have, I don't, I, I watch it as they get further along. So, I think, know. I think that the only one that could maybe beat them is Toronto. If they get it together, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see this year because uh, it's going to. It's a little bit tighter. Steps it up in the, you know, and it, like I said, Denver lost Jamal. So it's, they're not, you know, it's going to be, you know, we, we, it's, it's going to be uh, good. What about, you know, Phoenix is doing good, but. Yeah. Warriors. Except for Curry. No. They're not, no. They're not bigger than that. No. No, no Thompson. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. So I'm going to go with the Lakers, Will. We'll see. All we'll right. See. Look forward to it. Thank you so much well, for your time, for having me, uh, man. Willie. And uh, I really respect you. And congratulations on all your accomplishments and your family for their accomplishments as yeah, well. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me.